we left our heroes, we've been aiding the potential headmasters-to-be to reclaim control of the College of Whitethorn, which until now had been warded by its traitorous former headmaster, Raymond Barales. Traversing through the levels of the extra-dimensional tower, you face traps, puzzles, and monsters of arcane construct, invested the defenses with your own blood, sweat, and spells. Finally, you have reached the uppermost level, the office and private residence of the headmaster and the teleportation wing, containing the permanent sigil to this location that you came searching for. Within the headmaster's office, you found several interesting items left behind by Raymond, as well as the Whitethorn College ring, this device worn by the headmaster and believed to be the key to regaining control over the protections of the school. You also found the secret passage into the private residence of the headmaster of the college, Carefully began making your way into the space, unsure of what to expect. Thankfully, it appeared no traps were in place, but evidence of a relatively quick departure dotted the room. In addition, there appeared to be another wing to the right of this space that did appear to be arcanely protected. Breaking through, you made your way into a faintly lit stone room. The source of this light coming from a ring of gently undulating blue glyphs. Within this circle, a shape of a slumped figure began to stir. <clears throat> you made your way closer, some keeping an eye for traps and spying nothing, some looking at the surroundings and finding a laboratory of sorts. Um, and more disturbingly, in this laboratory, evidence of some powerful necromancy still in wait. However, the figure in the circle of glyphs began to stir. You saw this middle-aged human woman. Wayfish and pale, dark hair hung across the face. You spoke briefly as the rest of the group of your allies made their way into, uh, into this room as well. There was a moment of recognition from one of your allies, Aurora. She stepped closer beside Valentine and asked if this woman was the late Sonia Borales. As she spoke the name, the light faded from the glyphs and one by one, they dissipated. The figure smiled and then began to change, an illusion or shapeshift form growing, skin changing to dark red, almost purplish skin. Black leathery wings stretched out from the back and the figure grew in height from this five foot woman to a 12 foot powerful looking fiend. In fact, a pit fiend with wide black horns off the side of its head. Its smile wide, bearing sharp fangs and icy blue eyes that look rapidly across the room, each individual. As you all stand in this space, some still out towards the door um, and some kind of scattered around. It's not a massive room, but Valentine and Aurora, as you stand directly before uh, this pit fiend within five feet, its, it's immense figure now towering over you. It looks down and says, well, what a strange turn of events. You see in his hand as he kind of twirls his fingers and his hands are as, as large as your head easily. Uh, and he kind of twirls these, these claws. And within them, you see this energy kind of begin to form. You see a thin, long blade of shadowy energy begin to kind of coalesce. And he looks down to you and then continues looking across the rest of the group and says, Before any blood is spilled, I must know where your allegiances lie. You bear no mark of the vow, yet you must be sent by the old man, no? Sent by Raymond? Of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we, rusty. We, uh, uh, we, we love Raymond. Well, we, we came to this tower to investigate. We haven't heard from him in quite some time. Uh, yeah. Uh, make deception life? checks for both of you. Mm, shit. Technically, Val, you're not... No, you're... Yeah, you're deciding. You're, you're deceiving. Both of you deceive. 
<laughs> Welcome back, Scotty. Is this plus this? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 13. Uh, Mary, are you here? I wasn't on BB chat. Okay, Mary is not here, but I would say Mary uh, is close to Val and kind of reaches up and, and kind of tugs at the back of your shirt uh, as you try and begin speaking as Lavender kind of takes over and says, um, said, said the line you say, he kind of looks in Lavender's direction and says, well, allies of Raymond are no allies of mine. And he begins oh. to raise his blade high. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did I say love? Did I say love? I meant hate. I, I don't even know that guy, man. I was just nervous. I honestly just thought that you liked him and you're just so strong looking. Like, look at you. You're so powerful. I was scared. It's okay. It's okay. He stands tall, kind of like puffing his chest out wide and kind of like pulling back the wings, kind of curl in around and frame his form. And indeed, he does look rather masculine and large. Uh, and you're definitely playing into his ego very obviously. And he seems to be very obviously receiving that. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> but with the blade still kind of in the one hand, still just hovering, you now see in the other hand a little bit of crackle of flame begin to kind of coalesce as well. He says, mixed messages make for bloody rooms. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Valentine. <laughs> Valentine's inner monologue cries. That is fair. I'm so sorry about that. So we hate Raymond. He's a punk ass bitch. Sorry for swearing, little Nate. <laughs> you can hear it now. I have headphones on. Like, uh, the pit fiend kind of looks down, kind of quizzical. It says, Then where do your allegiances lie, if not with him or the vow? Question, go question, go question, go question. Our allegiances lie, honestly, in stopping Raymond and the vow. We've had dealings with him and he double-crossed us. It's personal. He betrayed us. One of our own died. So we came here to investigate because we hate that guy. Make a persuasion check. My first roll is a nat 20, but I'm going to roll again because we never even used it. You technically did to continue that conversation. I just sure. turned it to Lavender instead of you, but I would say both of your like deceptions were fair. Uh, uh, persuasion 18. <clears throat> Me. Uh, he kind of stands up and looks across the room and with a kind of a pop of his hand the blade disappears and the flame kind of stops and Lucan says the old man is a bastard a betrayer and we find ourselves in strange bedfellows here though I see none of you, except for the little one in the back, appear to be threatened by my presence. You are clearly used to dealing with figures such as me. We Not our first time at the rodeo. Interesting, interesting. Were you lying in wait here for him? He kind of begins to now move around the room. He kind of, as, as now you're having this conversation, freed from this circle, kind of begins to heavily stomp 
moving slightly around the room. He makes his way closer, where the circle was kind of central in the room, uh, but he makes his way to the uh, right wall where uh, there were three glass, tall glass containers, uh, cylindrical containers with this kind of uh, viscous liquid within and this faint shadow of humanoid looking figures held within this kind of um, these large tubes. He makes his way close, pushes his face really close to one with a snort. You see kind of the glass fog up and he wipes it clear. And for those of you who are close enough to see Mary Lav Val, you guys see indeed there is a face, which I think Valentine, you had already poked into previously, but you see a um, a slightly younger looking Raymond Borales in, in this kind of fluid, just kind of gently hanging, eyes closed, mouth closed, just like held in stasis almost. You watch the pit fiend kind of snort and punches through the glass and it just all this liquid spills out and it smells kind of odd and kind of uh, acidic almost and kind of begins cascading around the room. The glass, bits of glass are carried around. Aurora kind of gasps and like pulls herself back. You watch Arthur kind of begin to take a couple of steps forward. Eli remains at the door. Pit Fiend turns, looks at the other two kind of chambers for the moment, then turns back to you all and says, My apologies. Much frustration from many nights staring at the old bastard. Needed at least to get out some of that rage. So your previous form, was that forced upon you or was it your small way of pissing him off? Very keen. It was a a ploy, a little thorn, and then hopefully a a clear distraction to uh, lure you in. I figure any figure who is going to enter into these chambers is not going to willingly free a figure such as me. But now that we have, I thank you. And I am in your debt. Does that seem legit? Like, is he, uh, can someone roll for me? I have no hands. (laughs) Kyle. Or you have four. Do you have your uh, character sheet open? Uh, I can have it open for you. I can pull it up. I'm just curious. I know you had the tablet beside you. The tablet fell asleep. That's okay. I'll just open it. And the baby didn't. I'll open your character sheet. And I roll very good. So it doesn't even fucking matter. Uh, Mary's insight. Hey, you rolled a 28. Not bad. <clears throat> um, I should roll for myself. Every word that this figure mary you've been you've been watching and studying right from the get-go you could you you caught the intonation that he was not uh ally of the vow nor raymond before lavender and valentine jumped in and you've already had that kind of frame of reference that he he's not a fan uh 
but his words are chosen very carefully. Uh, this is a, a, a figure who has likely lived a very long time in a very, very difficult place to live uh, by being tactful and cunning. But you also know that devils uh, and, and fiends in general often are true to their word, uh, though very particular about them. It seems for the time he is being truthful in that he owes something, though terms have not been set in any way. Doesn't mean he's going to give you the world, but it seems he's at least open to owing a favor of some kind. And just for clarity, because it's been a while, was there any floating, he was in the form of a woman, presumably like Raymond's wife, that's what like Aurora said. Were there any floating women in the test tubes or were they all? You've only have... had a chance to look at the first. Okay. Uh, there were two others that you have to investigate to, to sure. be sure of. Um, you saw the one that he also destroyed, this figure of Raymond. And what is that thing doing? Is it dead now? Is it like struggling on the, the ground? body? As yeah. it, it, it fell, his fish went through and like destroyed the okay. face and it is okay. just kind of cracked and broken. It is unmoving. Okay. Broken. Can I ask him a question? Sure. This place is so weird. You said you've been here for some time. What is the reason? What changed? Like, if you trust us, can you tell us a little bit about staring at this guy's face all the time? We would not go so far to say trust. We have only just begun our relations. That's fair. I did lie to you right off the beginning. <laughs> no problem. We will get used to each other very fast. I'm going to stop talking now. That's like one of the things that I do all the time. I'm so sorry. You got to just turn it down. Please answer my questions. In time. I have been here for some time. Longer than I care to and this is not my first time in this tower, but my first visit was many, many years ago. The second was trickier. Did trickier. he bind you here? You see his face immediately kind of scowl and look down at you and just this, the look that you never want to have a pit fiend look at you, like Great. he is willing to skin you alive. But you watch it, it it softens slightly. He says, I admit the old man is tricky. Mm. Hmm. After our first encounter, I should have anticipated some hostility preparation in short yes he did well listen like I believe you just said we've only just met we're only just getting to know each other but we have one thing in common that really unites us and that's judging by the way you treated that test tube we'd like to see Raymond die interesting Let's get to some particulars. Sure. My name, as you may call me, is Malzikar. Malzikar. Hmm, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> what may I call your group here? 
Our group are the wild cards. Hmm. Wild cards, you say? Familiar? I am, in fact, familiar. All good things, I All hope. All good news travels fast. You watch as his eyes kind of, he just kind of begins kind of glancing through the room, not longer at any of you necessarily, but this smile very slowly creeps across his face. Mary, there's a, um, there's a very obvious, um, he's working a plan, he's working a decision, he's working a, some kind of, something. he's come to some kind of plan in his mind and he's like formulating it and very happy about it. Um, you immediately can intone that. And that does frighten you ever so slightly, given its connection to you and your group. He says, well, fortune favors those who wait, it would seem. I have indeed heard of your group, though I admit, this is my first interaction with you. My colleagues have had eyes on you for some time. Your might is well known. What lair are you from? Make a persuasion check. <laughs> All I could think of. Oh my god, go on. Uh, 31. Jesus. <laughs> Rolled well. <laughs> he smiles and says, <clears throat> I hail from the lair of Kenya. The eighth, a layer in which the cold bites harder than the fire. Now, as I say, your name is known to me, and we in the eighth and our Lord have had our eyes on you for some time. We may have been keeping tabs on those who had bested one who we had previously dealt with. Carval? Indeed. <laughs> Valentine's just like, <laughs> I twitch. <laughs> what do we know about Kenya? Nothing. We, all we know for anyone who doesn't, who's watching now is with that Cania is the place that Carval had made a deal with the, the ruler of Cania. Uh, Carval had made a deal with Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles is the archdevil of Cania. Cania. Cania is the eighth layer of the nine hells. This pit fiend appears to be a pit fiend connected to Mephistopheles uh, in the, in the eighth uh, and obviously aware of the deal with Carval and your connection in destroying it. Cool. Um, he kind of begins gently kind of stroking this like faint little goatee and says, Yes, yes, I think... I think this may work well. 
my master would very much like to meet face to face with the wild guards. For those who bested the necromancer, who have stilled the harbinger of pestilence, who have been such a thorn in the side of the vow, I think he would have a proposition. When you must hear, should you have any hope of defeating the vow, I will humbly arrange. Look at everyone. Look back. I admit this both terrifies and intrigues me. It should. <laughs> but if you will believe the word of one of my kind, I ensure the deal that I make is binding with my own life. And could we talk about that deal to meet Mephistopheles? Absolutely. What plane are we meeting him on? Oh, he will not leave his home. You will have to travel there. However, I can arrange safe passage from this place of yours anywhere in Vesaria to a safe lair, safe place in Kenya. You will have to travel the wastes ever so slightly to reach Mephistar, the Iron Spike. Here Mephistopheles will meet. And the proposal heard. And after that? Safe passage home. For all of us who go? Lest you make poor decisions. Ugh. You've clearly heard of us. We do make poor decisions, but I can respect you can only control what you can control. Indeed. I also add an addendum. Sure. My word is my bond. But Mephistopheles owns all. Should you slight, nothing I say can still his hand. Looks at Hondo, watches Mary look at Hondo. Hondo's just like taking <laughs> something out of his teeth with whisper. Yes. <clears throat> I can understand that. How soon do you need an answer? If you have the ability to send me home unharmed, I will arrange this meet. And should you contact within three days, any time within three days, that meet will happen. Okay. He reaches uh, into a kind of a pouch, a leather pouch that's on his hip, and he kind of shifts through something and holds out a scroll and says, I will provide you this to contact me and me alone. Okay. And your transport will arrive thereafter. 
Okay. I like these terms. Excellent. But Malzakar, what about getting you out of here? We have ways of transporting through the planes, but I just want to be sure. Do you think that would work on you, or do you still feel bound to this place? With the absence of these rooms, I am free. Okay. He looks across your group and says, I do believe you have within your midst some ways of sending me unarmed. Of course. These are fair I terms. I don't know that we have them today, to be fair. So, I mean, we got we got our wizard friends, and I might, let me just check my stuff. Arthur said we, forward. We used the two. We used the scroll to get us to pick up Hondo, mm -hmm. and we used your sword to get us back. We technically have one more way, but it's only to certain areas, I think, right, Kyle? Uh, yes. Or we Arthur, don't know. <laughs> Arthur steps forward and um, having listened and been almost like, like two steps back as Aurora has pulled back to the door and Eli has yet to leave the door. Um, Arthur stands only a few feet shy and says, more to you than to the pit fiend, says, I have ways to send him unharmed relatively easily, should he not resist. Tiny ab addendum, just like you added. Should be able to tell us just a little bit more about what you saw him doing in here with those test tubes before we send you on your way. The story of Raymond goes further than these piddly test tubes. The story you want to hear begins in his youth. For I know Raymond, some 60 years ago, he made a deal for power, wishing for great intellect and prowess, and it was bestowed upon him by my lord, mm. with a great price. Raymond thought himself clever, came to terms with this arrangement and accepted wholeheartedly. And he devoted himself to his arcane pursuits. And for years, we waited. The price we had set. He thought he'd never have to give up, for he thought he never would have. Then he fell in love, as life would have it. Years of never searching, she found him. And in this love, Raymond never forgot the pact he made, nor the price to be paid. But as my lord knew, would come. Their child was ours. The night I came to claim the prize, Raymond could do me no harm. But Sonia 
she fought. When I left with my prize for my lord, she could bear it no more. We claimed her too. As I say, when I returned here on the eve of victory in this city, I should have known he wouldn't take it so kindly. These tombs are but tricks of an old wizard not ready to die and of a love lost not ready to be given up. Not my concern. Well, we appreciate that insight. That's good to know. It is imperative you understand two things. The lengths to which we can reach should a deal go sour. And the villainy of the one we both hate. Yeah, I don't doubt either of that. <clears throat> so, three days or sooner, I do hope to impart that this proposal will be most fruitful for you. The sooner we get to it, the sooner he dies. Three days. If I hear not from you within, I will assume the deal is off. It's fair. Well, cards, does anyone else have any questions for our friend, Mr. Malzagar? Anyone else? No. Anyone else? He hands you the scroll. Looks to Arthur just over your shoulder and says, <clears throat> I believe our time is done. Give Ar Arthur just kind of uh, looks to you guys and Mary and everybody. This is... You have to promise not to resist this. I don't have that many spells left. And the pit fiend just kind of looks and says, I promise nothing. <laughs> just kind of shrugs. And <laughs> you see this kind of uh, gate of blue open in front of his hand uh, in this kind of spiraling gate. And the pit fiend from behind is just <laughs> ripped away. And it's just a faint kind of sizzle of like ozone as this gate closes. Oh, it was so good. I was here to talk to that guy to wow. make him like us. Oh my God, we almost really got fucked over there. Now listen, I'm great at fucking us over with words. You haven't had your experience yet. I am great at just fixing, fixing, fixing no. everything for you when you get into a tough conversation. He like steps between the two of you and says, 
Pardon the interruption, but did you just make a deal with a pit fiend? No, that's the main thing. That's what we've learned. We talked about making a deal with a pit fiend. Semantics, but all right. Wow, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, yeah. What did we just do? What do you think we should do? I don't know. Okay, here's the thing. Why don't we, T to B, top to bottom, search the rest of this chamber for any other clues, any other hidden things that Raymond's left behind, and then we have to have a big talk about what we're going to do. Yeah. Oh, boy. This is all so creepy. Can I go up to one of these test tubes? I want to, like, check out both of them. Uh, Wiping away some of this condensation that's gathered and uh, you have to get pretty close as like the, the liquid within is rather viscous and it, it distorts the image. Um, the one directly beside the shattered, you see a, another form that looks like Raymond. Uh, next one. Uh, it looks a little bit younger than the other one. Hmm. But Wait still like maybe... Raymond? Does it still look like Raymond? Oh yeah, still looks like Raymond, but maybe five, ten years younger than the other one, which looked about five, ten years younger than the Raymond you know. Do you think that this is the only place with these test tube things, or do you think he has more of these? Uh, Arthur steps up beside you and says, Honestly, I believe this was his get-out-of-jail-free plan. Can you transfer a soul or just, like, create another being? Like, could that guy really be Raymond? He kind of kneels down and says looking at the one that's on the ground. This is as much Raymond as the Raymond we knew. But but what about if Raymond comes to life and then there's another Raymond and then we know Raymond and he wants to like rule the world and then both Raymonds are like, I'm the Raymond and the other Raymond's like, no, I'm the Raymond. Okay, okay, well. In truth, that is possible, but you can only have so many simulacra at a time. These are not that necessarily. These are more... Should his mortal form die, as you say, his soul will move and inhabit one of these. Whoa. Let's, uh, Aurora, Eli, Arthur, are you all in this room now? You've all come in. Uh, Arthur is beside you guys looking at the other body. And Val, as you had kind of wiped away the, um, the condensation on the final tube and then kind of got distracted, you look back, and this one is not Raymond. Oh, there's, a, there's one more tube. There's a third. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's in there? I'm it looking. Looks feminine. <laughs> it looks similar to the form that the pit fiend had taken. Sonia. This is what I wanted to ask you guys about. I'll, like, tap it a bit. Aurora steps up beside you, and you can see, like, you can see... She's not like crying or or or, or uh, openly distraught, but her eyes are definitely watery. It, this is a lot to kind of take in. Um, she's a little overwhelmed with emotion, but is still coming in and responsive. Aurora, I think did you mention the name Sonia? I didn't realize it was going to be. No, of course. Dispelled. I had heard in I'd heard the story 
of Raymond and his true love. It was not a well-known story. How did that version of that story end? She died. She died. The pit fiend was left out, if that makes you feel better. She died of natural causes. If there ever was a a son, I never knew. That was going to be my follow-up. My thing, though, is he didn't say kill or murder. He said claimed, which is almost more ominous. Arthur steps up beside you and says, there are more than one ways to send a soul to hell. Yeah. So could her soul still be on a plane? I very could be much there. believe it's in hell. Yeah. Hmm. Very likely within Kenya. Can you get a soul out of hell? If you have the right way to transport it. How do you do that? In one of these, not into the bodies. Can I note that also Auric has been like kind of flying above (laughs) because I've been getting her to like kind of look at the top of the tubes and she's just perched on top of one now. Like she's like done looking around. Just sitting looking down at you guys. Get down from there. Get down. Hey, stop telling her what to do. Don't fuck around with that. Um, Arthur kind of rubs his, his chin, his scruff, and these magics are not supposed to be used. They're not supposed to be, yeah. certainly not by headmasters of a school. See, you can feel the, the venom in those words. Arthur's saying this? Hmm. That's good on his resume. That's a good little note on his resume. Doesn't like necromancy. <laughs> Doesn't like evil shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's uh, Eli been... He's been hiding in the door, but like, what's been his reaction for all of this? Like the story, did he hear any of it? Everybody heard. Was he freaked out by it or anything like that? No, sorry. Like, I mean, like when the story came out, like how do you, was it new information? Was it like Aurora where she had like heard half of it before? Just trying to gauge his reaction to all of this. I would say even with your passives, um, you would have been focused on the pit fiend and your friends then behind you on Eli at the time. Okay. To, How's to what's his reaction then like in this point? Does he seem freaked out by any of this? Yeah, with, with the pit fiend gone and now seeing the hearing the talk after the fact and overviewing these kind of the bodies and the things here. Uh you look and see Eli is still in the doorway, maybe a couple feet now in, a couple of steps in. Um he looks somewhat pale, um, but is like, and, and actually, honestly, looks a little little queasy, uh, given your passive insights. He doesn't look like he's feeling so hot with all of this. This is, this is pretty gnarly for non-adventuring types. Um, and he's just kind of keeping to the, like the opposite side of the room and just like a couple steps at a time, just like kind of getting his breath, making sure he doesn't hurl. Can we, uh, Mary Hondo, can you do your thing and just make sure we haven't missed anything in this room? 
sure. Honda, stop, stop picking your teeth with Whisper and do something for God's sake. All right, all right. Uh, he will give Mary... You can't take this guy anywhere. I'll I'll do it. Honda will give Mary advantage instead of me rolling two different dice. Uh, Ooh, a 30 is pretty good. (laughs) That'll do. Uh, I'm pretty confident, although I didn't review the last game before we started, that you guys had already kind of done a, a pretty rapid sweep of this room before um noting some circle in the middle of the room there's a couple of like laboratory tables uh it's more or less a workshop and like some elements of like a conservatory there's like some uh plants being grown in a certain area uh in like the back kind of corner there are shelves that line uh the walls uh and like there's work tables and there's still kind of papers and scrawlings. Nothing that intrigues either Hondo or Mary necessarily. Uh, there are what does actually catch your eye that you, I don't remember if you'd seen before, but we'll go over it again. On one of the work tables, um, kind of on the on the same wall as the one you came in, but you're focused on the pit fiend in the middle of the room. Uh, there is a work table atop which there are jeweler's implements and kind of various tools, uh, like a big uh, magnifying glass on kind of a metallic metal arm. Uh, and you can see a, an array of implements on a leather wrap and some cloth and stuff. Uh, but Mary, as you get close and you get low, you can see there's like this shards, these thin, thin slivers and shards and dust. There's a faint, familiar kind of purplish gem dust. Um, Maybe this is where he crafted, you know what? He didn't craft that. Well, I guess he could have. We don't know. We found it in Carval's lair. Maybe he's trying to do something different or do something similar. Well, he knew he was studying these potential, well, at least before the vow got to him. We knew he was interested in these. Because we gave him the first one. We haven't uh, checked out the teleportation circle, have we? We just came this way. Yeah, so the, you guys came out from uh, battling the kind of Skaladar in this kind of, in the pit area. And it was kind of a waiting room that had wings that went left, right. You guys all went left and that led to the headmaster's office and then behind has been all of this business. So to go all the way back through, there is actually also a third kind of forward section that was a spiral staircase that leads to the roof, mm-hmm. um, which hadn't been checked yet either, but you guys know what's on the roof, a bunch of cannons. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the teleportation wing has yet to be searched. Have we deactivated this tower yet? I know we found some stuff, but we haven't done anything like that, right? So the last you guys had in information on, on deactivating traps and et cetera, the ring that Hondo yes. currently has um, is kind of the ring of, of right. the College of Whitethorn. Uh, from the three, all three of them have, have universally said that the three um, wizards have universally said that the headmaster, the chosen headmaster, wears the ring and within has the ability to kind of control the defenses, boards and guards and et cetera of, of the tower. And it's like, it's construction even to a degree. Dope. Yeah. Definitely shouldn't leave Honda with that, eh? Oh, pretty God. tight. Well, if you guys want to check out this teleportation circle, just make sure we're doing the rounds here. Yeah, let's go. Um, Arthur does actually put his hand up to the point of speaking of the ring and says, 
it might be wise before we progress forward and encounter any other tricks and traps Raymond has up his sleeve. The ring is the key. I just wondered, listen, we, we could give this ring to one of you, but it's really not our place to proclaim the next leader of the college. So with that being said, we could give it to one of you, but I think you guys would just have to understand that we don't declare this. No, it's understandable. Um, let's hope none of them have um, deadly results. And he kind of sets, nods his head. And- oh, no, sorry. I meant we were going to give you a ring. Uh, I just, there might be like the king and queen might have a final say too, but I think you're right. But then who is it? Could you maybe trade it every once in a while? Let's. It takes, a, it takes a, a time to attune to its power. Um, Do you mind if I just talk to my colleagues about? I think it is uh, fair to say perhaps uh, we all leave this room. Yeah. We will wait for you within the uh, between the teleportation wing and the office. Okay. If uh, you wish to speak in the office. I mean, at this point, it's just temporary. Who wants to deactivate this tower for the next 24 hours? Uh, Arthur kind of just looks around. Aurora, like, eyes down. Uh, Eli steps forward, though, and says, It is my um, expertise in abjuration many of these guards and wards fall within my jurisdiction of study. I will have the ability to deactivate and control and I'm willing to relinquish power with no confrontation. Inside chat! <laughs> I like that you volunteered. You like that you volunteered? Yeah, I like that he volunteered. I would like this super powerful <laughs> ring that controls the Mage's Tower. I mean, I'd like that someone would want to do that. You like the initiative. He rolled high initiative. Mary, you gather that um, Eli's truthful about everything that he said. Actually, there's there's no deception to it, though you can hint you you can you can easily tell there's a hint of um, he's using the reasons that this is his expertise yeah, and yeah. that mm-hmm. to kind of be like, yeah, yeah, I'm the guy. <laughs> so give me the thing. But it is actually also truthful. that What he's saying? Um, so he, he stands before technically Hondo has the ring out and just kind of waving it around. H <laughs> H why don't we talk to them in the office and they can wait in the tele circle area. Fine. Everybody begins to make your way out of this kind of hidden wing back into the private quarters uh, and then into the headmaster's office. The three wizards continue out. Uh, the Actually, hold on. No, yes. That's right. The, there was an effect in the office that was dispelled. <laughs> Triggers destroys them. Um... It doesn't destroy, but it could have been bad. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, guys, if they're out of your shot, what do you guys think we should do here? I mean, admittedly, what I said is what I meant is for 24 hours. I don't think any of them would abscond with it. 
just based what on what they we've did. seen so far. Who, who would be your pick for the person? Let's just go around the room. You don't have to explain it. Uh, you, you just say who you think. Raleigh, who do you Arthur. think? Arthur, okay. Not Aurora. Not Aurora. Okay. Not Aurora. You have a as pick. much as I love her. Great girl. Yeah, I pick Not Aurora. I don't know. I don't even care. Okay. Mary, uh, who <laughs> do you think? <laughs> Admittedly, I, I don't think any one of them. I don't under... The I think complicates Mary... things. Give Mary you the power. To give me the power to run a giant wizard tower that I don't understand. And teach students. Oh my god, that would go so poorly. Yeah, um, oh god. Would she know? Oh my god, Brawly, don't you think Mary would be such a good teacher? No, I don't I don't think so. I think she would actually. If it was something I knew about, maybe. Yeah. Like fighting and street brawling. She'd be yeah, perfect. You'd kick the shit out of them. That'd be a good lesson. If I was in your class, would you give me a good grade? No, I wouldn't for sure. <laughs> what, what, what's the what's the you know, okay, we're getting distracted. Um <laughs> Hondo, what do you think? Hondo, what do you think? I like Arthur. (laughs) All right. Gord, what do you think? Surprising. I agree with Hondo. I actually like Arthur, too. I think he's been the most level-headed. I really liked how anti-necromancer he was in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, plus, Eloy's a bitch. Okay, well, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So should we give Arthur the ring now and just be like, hey, can you start to deactivate this stuff? Yeah. I mean, hmm. Now, the other thing, too, is if we're still unsure, we could always see how Eli is with it. I wonder if part of that, we give it to Eli, see how the other people react to it. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's admittedly why I asked <laughs> who wanted it. I mean, it, it, we can just say, you know what? Yeah, here, Eli, you made a fair point. We had, like, you, there's a lot of things to deactivate. Why don't you see how much he can deactivate in the next 24 hours? And then we're not showing a hand. What if this is the moment he's been waiting for this entire time, though? He's been playing us. He wants to finally prove to his family that he's worthwhile. So then he murders us. He goes to Raymond, and something bad happens. I mean, all of that sounds like a true possibility. Yeah. Have you insight checked him? Have you double-checked him? Have you asked him questions? I have this whole time. I've been asking them since, like, the day one well, we met Well, then where them. do all these trust issues from, come from? My childhood. Is this a family thing? Yes. Is this something we're going to need to dig into a little bit more My later? father wasn't my father. He turned out to be an evil hag who tried to murder my younger sister. Okay. His dad well, was bad. His dad was bad. Okay, well, then we got to rebuild that trust up. Has this? Is this guy your father? Eli or Arthur? Which one? Arthur. He's not my father. No, so he should get a new chance. All right. It's, I'm admittedly, again, like, I'm, I, for not showing our hand, I don't think Eli's going to fuck off in 24 hours. The ring is to control the tower. The tower is here. The other two, we just say, you know what? All three of you just stay, work together over the next 24 hours. Well, not even. Tomorrow, when is that meeting that we're all supposed to talk about this? Dinner time. Oh, and another really good thing too is if Eli takes it, for example, yeah, we could always like hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink to Arthur and Aurora and be like, "Hey, if you show initiative, maybe and assist him, maybe one of you, it'll prove your chances and your odds of getting this thing better than Eli." We don't have to keep debating this, but I do think, Mary, you did say like the tower's here; it's not going to go anywhere. It is a magical tower that could go somewhere. We don't know. What if he just like takes this thing to? Did we all suspect Eli that much? 
Like, admittedly, he has everyone, all of them, show concern in specific areas. I never got, is a super evil dude. I got, maybe wants to prove some things to some people, but in like a way that being, you know, main dude to the king is gonna do that. So I don't know why he'd fuck up that chance. I think it's the fact that we all feel something about him that just doesn't sit right. And we can't point out what it is. We just learned of a man wanting and desiring more power and the dangerous dark path that led him to. Yeah. So... Sometimes you just have to go with your gut. I say we just give it to Arthur now. And if he betrays us, well, fuck it, four of us are wrong. How do we feel about that? Fine, I don't think anyone's gonna betray us again. It, it, it doesn't really matter. This is for... What time is it? Oh my god, we're all so fucking tired. This is for like eight hours of hanging on to this thing. Any one of them will do this next eight hours fine, I'm sure. Okay. But okay. just to be safe, if you want to go with Arthur, go ahead. I don't fucking care. Hondo, go do your thing. Okay. <laughs> Hondo skips out of the room. Let's go. Let's go watch how this goes down. Uh, before you guys even get out, he's like, here you go. He just tosses it. <laughs> Arthur catches the yeah. ring. <laughs> he tosses it. Classic. He's like just holding it as the rest of you kind of make your way into the room. And says, I'm assuming this is a unanimous decision and not just uh, our blue friends here. Uh, Spunk. Hondo's pretty much our leader. He makes a lot of, a lot of the decisions. So That's this horrifying, is horrifying <laughs> uh, as Arthur puts the ring on. Um, he does, as he slips it on, he says, um, this does take time. I'm, uh, I may as well sit here. And as he kind of gestures to the, the seating area in this area, he says, it's going to take me a bit of doing to um, wrap my head around. But, uh, and I understand this is a temporary measure. This is just established safety. And we'll have a proper discussion You'll have a proper discussion with the powers that be tomorrow. But for now, I'll do my best. Appreciate that. He sits. Uh, Eli says, a fair decision, though the wrong one. Um, nonetheless, Arthur, do you have any questions? I'm here. Well, why don't you keep proving us wrong? Uh, let's go to that teleportation circle. Admittedly, I think even with that ring, it might take all of you to suss everything out. You never know. I don't trust that everything is 100% relied on that. That's fair. We have been surprised by our former master quite a lot in a short amount of time. Uh, well, this last door was trapped. Does anyone want to see if there's anything spooky about this one? Uh... It was not trapped, but it was locked arcanely. Yeah, we did that check earlier, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was locked arcanely. But didn't we find a key? Did I make that up? You did. Okay. We found a key, but it went to something else. Let's go to this lock. Okay. Yeah. It was a tiny baby key, and I think it opened something else that we already found. I can't remember. It's been six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it was not for here. Uh, but nonetheless, um, with Eli actually alongside you. Uh, yep. Uh, Eli 
knocks on the door and you hear a big boom and the door just kind of creaks inward. Uh, and he says, not for the time, my work here is done. Uh, as you will. Thank you. Hondo, you want to uh, lead us in? Nods and kind of begins pushing his way in. And unlike Hondo, I'm going to check for traps. Ah, <laughs> uh, what could have been? What could have been with Hondo? Kevin checks for traps. <laughs> he checks with his, like, body. Let's see. Thieves tools. No, he doesn't have, there's no, like, modifier for thieves tools, so you just got to add it. You just got to do it manually, yeah. I wish there was a button. That'd be cool. Well, it'd be, I thought it was down. I thought there was, like, a, a number or a modifier somewhere. No, it's never. You think of the proficiencies when you have proficiency with something, to do that. But I don't know if it's an official. It's fine. He's got uh expertise yes hondo's expertise in these tools so double proficiency is 10 five for dexterity is a 24 total okay uh he hondo quickly the door opens and beyond immediately you all see several motes of dancing light spiraling in a figure eight above a glassy floor you can see a cleanly polished marble floor. Uh, you see perfectly polished white, the glimmering white. Uh, in a 10-foot radius in this, it's not a massive room, but in a 10-foot radius in the roughly middle of the room, you can see set within um, in white, uh, bright blue, intricately drawn series of glyphs and sigils that look somewhat familiar to the circle that you just found a pit fiend within. Though this is more familiar to, at least to Valentine and to some of you who've, who've utilized teleportation circles as what seems to be a permanent sigil embedded within the actual tile, the marble tile of the floor. Uh, it is from a distance, difficult to tell the intricacy and you would have to be on top of it to properly scribe it. Um, however, there appears to be nothing else in the room. The walls are this black Maybe tile or stone. It's it's not. It's hard to kind of tell within the the dancing light without getting up close. Um, but in the center of the circle, you can see a couple of weird little things. Oh God! Uh, there's a tarnished-looking candlestick holder. Uh, there is uh, a silver water jug. Uh, another smaller kind of candlestick and what looks like a small circular disc of metal. Difficult to tell from a distance. It's just like random shit. Are they just lying there? Are they like hovering? No, it's just sitting on the ground. It just seems weird, weirdly out of place. In, in, in the circle, like they'd arrived there? It's, it's, in, it's in the circle, I'm not sure how. Is the circle, are the runes glowing? Like, does it appear to be activated or are they, are they just like um, etched in the ground? The circle and the rune itself seems dull. It seems to be like the same level of light and um, responsiveness as like the marble tile of the whole room. It mm -hmm. glimmers almost as if like the, the blue of the actual sigil was like inlaid blue tile is how it, it appears. Our boy. As Hondo, you just unlocked and checked oh. for traps in this room. 
And it is clear. Fuck me. Hey, Hondo. Hondo, uh, we met a pit fiend. He turned out to be nice. We talked to him. Fortunately, <laughs> he didn't fuck it up for us. And uh, potential trip to the eighth layer of hell in our future. We'll talk about it later. But right now, <laughs> we're in the teleportation circle room. We just walked in in that circle. There's a couple items lying in there. We don't know if there they're trapped or anything. Sticks. There's a single uh, or silver water jug and what looks like a, a very small metal, like platinum or silver kind of disc. Can I go to the edge of this circle? Yeah. Don't want to don't want to step in yet. Make your way into the room. A couple of footfalls on Hondo's kind of all clear. Your each footfall from like your leather boots kind of makes this kind of weird echo sound in the room. It's weirdly hyperbolic. This almost vacuous chamber of like no air. It's weirdly still. Um, can I try and get a closer look at that disc in particular? Yeah. As you get closer. It is very obviously a pocket watch. What the fuck is like going on? Just a closed pocket watch. From a distance, it just kind of looked weird, but now that you're on top of it, it looks like a pocket watch. It's a little chain. So I have two theories. Okay. Uh, first question, can you, we've established, you can't scry on a random item, right? I'm thinking, or can you even teleportation circle a random item? Can you just like chuck something in a teleportation circle and will it go? I'm trying to think if someone could put that in here to spy on people. I don't know. And I mean, we've been able to do... If you want uh, Val, uh, you can make an Arcana check. Sure. Gord, Hondo, you could also make Arcana checks if you wanted. 23. If anyone else wants to try, just out of curiosity. First roll. Six weeks later, what does he get? Natural one. I don't know. There's an official app now too. I love the bandana, by the way. Oh yeah, it looks good. Uh, thank you. Uh, let's see, twelve, and my Arcana is three, fifteen. Okay. Um. Yeah, uh, Hanna, you're you're not sure. Teleportation is a little above your your arcane pay grade as of now. Though you guys do recall being able to scry on Whisper, you've mm-hmm. never been able to scry on a different item. Perhaps there's something to the level of connection you had or the level of importance. You you haven't, you know, you definitely haven't sussed out the reasons why, but Val, uh, having used Teleportation Circle and knowing the ins and outs of the spell, you can't just send a, an object through. It has to be a, a, a creature has to go through. A creature can carry an object, but it has to be um, has to be a creature. What if here's a theory? When Raymond was making his great escape, he was rushing with this shit, and I don't know, it fell while he was trying to teleport through. Candlestick, though. I don't know. My my other theory before the baby starts crying again, really loud. Uh, my other theory. <laughs> We know people tried to teleport here. What if this is something they were carrying? What if this is... I'm, to be honest, I was expecting dead bodies when we got in here. We know people tried to teleport here and disappeared. Maybe those are those dead bodies. Maybe we're about to be those dead bodies. Let's reanimate yes. the dead bodies. I'm glad you're here. Um... Can I try, how far am I from the nearest object? Is it within 30 feet? Oh yeah. 
Like the the room is not massive. To get up to the circle is about fifteen feet into the room, and the the circle is a ten foot radius, so it's twenty foot wide for the circle. If that's correct, I'm gonna say it is. Um, so we'll say twenty feet, twenty feet, twenty feet. It's a sixty foot by sixty foot room, which I guess is kind of big, but uh, you you're within thirty easily. I could try and mage hand one of these things, see what it does, or I could just detect magic on it. I'm sure this room's gonna light up, but I could see if there's anything more sinister than uh, summoning. Or we could try and see, yo, Eli, you wanna come in here? He kind of pokes his head in and says, I believe my um, duties were done, but um, (laughs) how may I help? Oh, you're just curious if you can help us with a little mystery here. Sure. Um, what seems to be the mystery? You see these items in the middle of this summoning circle, this teleportation circle? An odd assortment, yes. Yeah, what do you think that is? Um, well, they're unassuming trinkets. Um, <laughs> they are none particularly expensive. Certainly no one trying to get away with. Um, in Do you theory. have some sort of magic-y, detect-y spell you could run along these items from a distance? Or if you're feeling brave, you could just wander into this teleportation circle that no one's been able to get into. And Are you feeling brave, Eli? Not particularly, nor am I feeling stupid. Have that you ever stupid. felt brave, easy, 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 easy. Perhaps. But uh, in truth, I am a little tapped of my arcane abilities through our ventures here. Um, Normally, I I, I could, if you wish, um, perform a a detection ritual, though it will take me about 10 minutes. Happy to do it, if that's what you wish. Yeah, sure. Better safe than sorry we've come this far. I don't want one of us to implode or explode or do something weird. He nods. He kind of lifts one leg up into the air and he begins kind of hovering and he crosses his legs, Sick. hovering with a flourish. His spellbook kind of hears, whoop, opens in front of him. And about 10 feet into the room, he begins a ritual of detect magic. This does take 10 minutes and six seconds. So is there anything you guys want to do in the 10 minutes? Yeah, I'll identify on the one object I found in Raymond's room. Which one do you have? I have a sphere of brass, a perfect sphere of brass or muddy gold light etched in one side with an indent to it. Oh, okay. I thought Mary had all those. She might, but maybe I poke her and say, hey, well, but, but it's fine. I was just like, I was, I was in my head. I was trying to remember, like, I, I pictured like Mary, like walking out of Raymond's office with just her arms full of shit. <laughs> just like, just a looter, just fully just walking in. Just like, hey, what's up? I just found the one thing, like the one cabinet. Um, yeah, there are four things. You I a leather did have, whip. I did have the brass sphere and the whip and a cracked stone of polish with polished emeralds and a leather book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I showed. Actually, yeah. I kept it to myself. But at some point, I would say I show everybody. Yeah, easily. I was just. There's a basic wand too. I think actually that was just like a plain wand. It's uh, not like the elder wand. <laughs> no. <laughs> That was uh, very easy, even without detecting it. It's just a standard wand. 
probably just a spare, just a have, right? Um, but yeah, if you want to do the ritual, or do you yes. just cast? I, I don't have the ability to cast it, so I'll just reach out. Oh, right, you have the ritual caster. Uh, okay, then you sit beside Eli, I guess, and it takes the same amount of time. <laughs> um, huh. Is there anything anyone else wants to do as the two people start casting rituals? You both have, everyone has 10 minutes. If there's not, uh, roughly 10 minutes goes by as everyone kind of chills as, as these two compete ritually. <laughs> Valentine, I'll say yours goes off first. Because uh, uh, you see the sphere in front of you, yeah, is about like a small soccer ball size, maybe like a, a a small watermelon size, though indented and is indeed this kind of brassy, muddy gold texture. But you can feel as you've begun identifying, uh, there's certainly an arcane power to it. Uh, and as you begin sussing out the particulars, you can tell there's definitely a divination component to mm. the magic imbued within this sphere. Uh, you learn it is called a wayfinder sphere as uh, it is a uh, it is an orb that while activated it basically records the details of a space within a hundred feet of it like creating a, a, a digital map of a space uh, it has an ability to kind of hover along and uh, it will record this and then can stop recording and then at a different later point you can open it up and see the map once more displayed almost holographically uh, like a cool little map thingy. That's dope. Uh, it has a couple of different abilities that go along with this ability to uh, it can go to a location that it already knows. You can tell it to go a certain distance from you and, and map and it's kind of a little bit of um, uh, skeets from Booster Gold. It can kind of just go around and like map shit and come on back. Uh, for a short distance. However, there are some other abilities to it that seem to have been modified sections, uh, whether by Raymond or by some other mage, you're not sure though it was in Raymond's possession. You can use this orb to seek out a creature or object near you using, uh, there are three command words, the second and third, respectively, can cast the spells Locate Creature and Locate Object. Uh, as long as you remain within 60 feet of the sphere, the spell detects its target. The sphere can then drift towards the creature or object in question, taking the shortest route to do so. Uh, or it can show you an illusory vision of the target, uh, of the path to the target, as long as it has a map of that, dis of that area. Uh, finally, this, this is the altered kind of part. This is the section that you can see there's a slot about two inches long, one inch wide. that seems to have been bent and, and very carefully uh, inserted into this kind of sphere. It's kind of been broken away and then rebuilt properly. Uh, and these other very faint etching sigils have been added to this kind of little indented spot um, that gives the abilities to locate object and locate creature a little bit of an enhancement. If you place an item close to the target of one of the locator spells into the slot, you can enhance the cast of spell with your own magic and the reach of the locate object or locate creature spell increases. To locate an object uh, with an appropriate um, 
item connected to the object you're trying to find and you expend a spell slot, the range increases by a thousand feet for every slot above second. And to locate a creature, the range increases by a thousand feet for every spell slot above fourth. So there's a little bit of very specific intricacies that you can kind of work on with this little wayfinder sphere. Are all those details in like, is there an object in D&D Beyond? Yes, it is a Griffin saddlebag item that I've kind of modified. Dope. Uh, this is great for relic hunting. Holy shit. It's called a wayfinder, one word, sphere. Damn, that's dope. I put it away as I notice uh, Eli rustling next to me. Eli finishes the his ritual at the same time, uh, though you don't see, uh, though he sees this cascade of energy before him in a 30-foot uh, kind of sphere in all directions. And immediately you watch, everyone watches as he kind of blinds himself as this space just is is blinding with the auras of conjuration, as you would expect from a teleportation wing. Uh, though, kind of with his hand up over his eyes, kind of rubbing his eyes, oh. he says, well, obviously there's conjuration, uh, uh-huh. but I did admittedly uh, get a sense of transmutation uh, from the center of the, of the circle. Am I done now? Because I think I might be blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's real helpful. That was very brave. Thank you. Didn't feel brave. All right. <laughs> so, whoever said that idea, that's pretty brilliant. That maybe people teleported here and then were instantly... Eli, before you leave, rubbing your eyes, didn't you say one of Raymond's specialties is transmutation? He is a transmutation specialist, yes, 100%. That is his... Uh... That is his area of expertise. Would you say about four people tried to get in this teleportation circle? Certainly possible, given the four items there. We only have had the inkling of one. If you recall, one of our students seemed Mm -hmm. to have uh, attempted, and we have yet to locate her. In theory, that is a powerful protection he would have had placed there to turn someone into an object such as that. it's well, it's evil is what it is that is evil and twisted as making clones of yourself and making a deal with the devil for power on power yeah I don't think anyone should walk in this teleportation circle till Arthur's done uh, trying to deactivate this stuff I think that wise carefully step back from the circle edge <laughs> And Val, can you, uh, you still like transcribe it into your book despite like without going into it? Or is that like. I believe Kyle said I'd have to be in the middle to fully understand that. You would need to get more or less at least on the edge. And like, honestly, the way I imagine Valentine scribing is almost like replicating it in his notebook in, in like a drawing as, yeah. as closely as possible, which would require getting very close and probably touching and. If the fear is that touching this will turn you into something, then not wise. Well, maybe who has a couple of you have the ability to pull something from a distance, right? What if we just remove something from the circle and see if that does anything? If not, bucket and leave and, the rest. 
that was it. <laughs> Can I try and use the wayfinders thing to make a map of this room and the circle on the ground? You, yeah, you, you use the uh, tap the orb twice as an action. You activate it, and immediately it just all of these kind of sections just kind of pop out, and you can see this faint kind of blue light kind of emanate out, and it kind of hovers up to about head level. And then it kind of begins to kind of just like make its way around the room and just kind of like a like a Roomba, just like around the perimeter. And you can watch the light is kind of cascading out and catching the angles of everything. Uh, it does take a little bit of time to go all the way around the room, but it'll come back to you as long as you're within a hundred feet of it. Yeah. Cool. Maybe I'll, I'll. I just wanted to see how this works too, Mary. Maybe this would help me uh, understand it later. We can find out. After about maybe maybe a minute, it returns to you and kind of stops hovering and just kind of sits there. Cool. Can I tap it? How many times do you need to tap it to show me? <laughs> I'm trying to read it. I didn't read the manual, so let me just tap this a couple times. I think you just tap it once and... Oh, no, you have to say where where what it is. You tap it and you say the location. Teleportation circle in the mage's tower. You see immediately this kind of hologram kind of it hovers up, holograms out in this kind of rectangular box. And you can see the um, you can see the dimensions of the room. You can see a faint kind of circle on the floor, but it does not give you enough detail to utilize as like being able to describe it from that. But it gives you just like, there's an idea that there's a circle on the floor in, in detail, but it just gives you a 60 foot by 60 foot square room. And it shows it shows the objects in the middle of the circle. God, how cool is that? But it's just kind of this blue light structure. It's dope. All right. Tap like it. a camera and a hologram. Yeah. Creator at the same time, that's cool. Yeah. It's red wing gourd. Just floats around, shows me stuff. It is. <laughs> Kind of. Um, if you guys want to wait the uh, next roughly 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, that would be about enough time for Arthur to have the ring done. But you have that time to decide if you want to do anything else. What time is it? You're not sure. You guys are inside. Yeah. It's late. You know that. You guys came here after dinner. When, you guys well, have been when fighting and battling and moving for a couple hours. When Brawley and I went outside, wasn't it night? Oh yeah, it's it's that you came here at night. You started this at oh, night. God. Well, it was still night when Brawley and I were outside. <laughs> well, and it's winter, right? So like days end earlier, and it uh, doesn't feel like you've reached into the levels of exhaustion, but you imagine it's getting close to like we gotta fucking sleep or push. Why don't we wait? Wait for Arthur to finish, and then hopefully just get out of here. Uh, unless you have any objections or anyone wants to do anything or say anything in the next half hour. About 35 minutes pass and you immediately feel a shift, like the ground beneath your feet just kind of shifts and swivels. Almost like a faint earthquake, but there's like control to it. And you kind of jump to your feet a little bit and Arthur comfortably is kind of has his eyes closed and he kind of looks at the ring and smiles and says, all right. I believe I've reset everything to uh, its initial function. 
You're muted. And how are you feeling? A little tired, in truth. Um, hmm. Took a lot more work than I anticipated to concentrate on this. There is a, a vast amount of power connected to this place. You can feel with this on the energies of all of the arcana that is running through this tower. We are in an extra dimensional space, a, a, a different plane almost. It's truly amazing, and you don't realize until connected to it. It's fascinating. Do you feel yourself, like, emotionally, not just tired? Uh, oh, uh, yes, yes. Uh, I do not feel as if I've been hindered by any any force. I am on myself. Have no okay. But I appreciate you checking. When at, at some point, Kyle, um, sorry, I couldn't get off mute fast enough. During the, uh, when we were waiting, could I just check in with Aurora? Sure. Just literally asking how she's doing. She looks shaken up. She definitely looks shaken up and she's not very talkative, but she does answer any questions you have. For the most part, she's just kind of like in, in, a, in a weird shock. It's probably the best way to put it her reaction to everything. It's been a long fucking day and there's a lot of weird shit. I'm sure we'll take a few days to process it. Yeah, I... She kind of looks around for a second and leans into you. She says, I'm not sure I'm ready for this. This was a lot. It's going to continue to be a lot, but you don't know until you do it. None of us are ready for any of the shit that we're thrown into. I know I'm, I know I'm good at this. I know I'm good. I'm... I thought I was ready. Well, you know yourself better than anyone else. Maybe give it time. Like, it doesn't have to be now. I, I, through all this shit, I don't believe in a single leader and a single hold of power anyway. Everyone needs to work together here, all three of you. That ring doesn't mean a lot to me, to be honest. No, but if there's a way to kind of split the responsibility and have some checks and balances, maybe that's the best way. Exactly. Too much, too much power for one person. Too much room for error and pressure. Yeah, I like to. Just walk away. Easy enough. Uh, with that, Arthur kind of stands, says, okay, um, I have a I have a better idea of the guards and wards set in place. I've reconfigured the tower as best I can to the, its, its original function and original space. Um, these rooms are un, unaltered, obviously, but I can also tell mm, there's still something left in that room. 
In Raymond's room? No, in the teleportation wing. This trap you were discussing. It is not a connection to the guards and wards in place in part of the tower. It's something Raymond left himself. Can it be dispelled? It should be able to, in theory. Anything has that ability. Um, Eli, are you... I'm, I'm pretty tapped. But we we don't, no one needs to use this today. There's time. Yeah, we could always come tomorrow. We could fly right to the roof. Oh, yeah. Are the giant magic cannons not going to shoot us? Or I mean, we should no. probably just knock on the front door anyway. Please use the front door. It will be available now. Um, but also, uh, I will prevent the cannons from letting loose on you. Though, oh. preferably use the front door. Yeah, unless it's Hondo flying around there. Oh, you have full reign, Hondo. Pew, pew. He kind of looks at Hondo and says, could be a good challenge for you. I'm always up for a challenge. <laughs> I thought so. Um, Arthur does say, I I have a little bit left in, in my tank. I can try and get rid of that in there now. Or, as you say, this Sergio's not going anywhere. We could regain our reserves tomorrow. Why don't we you do that? Be rid we of could... this and prepare yourselves to scribe as you please. Yeah. You could do it before uh, tomorrow's meeting. Sure. Um, say, uh, meet back here for 11-ish. Yeah. Meeting at noon. Quick little brunch. Make sure we feel good. Walk it off. Come to the tower. Do that. Then go to the council meeting. Sure. Perhaps uh, he looks to the other two and says, perhaps we delay uh, studies for a couple of days, just in case. Feels fair. So I think I'd honestly rather leave through the roof just because it's right there and it's so quick. Is that all right with you guys? Mm. I was looking at Aurora and oh. Eli and Arthur. Uh, yeah, they are. Aurora just kind of shrugs. Eli has no response. <laughs> Arthur says, uh, as I say, yeah, the, uh, the cannons will not loose on you now. Um, the passage is just up those stairs. Um, I, he looks to the other two and says, I was able to outfit um, some extra rooms um, if you wish to find your old quarters. We can get some rest here. It's kind. Wild cards, you want to go home? Oh my god, yes, my room! I know. Second day in your room. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, easily enough, you guys are able to find your way up and out to a very crisp breeze outside in the early, early morning hours of Arendelle, though in a rather picturesque look from the top of the tower here. Uh, you're able to look out across the King's Bay in this faint kind of snowfall with a not full moon uh, but a waning moon kind of lighting the otherwise clear sky. I think we'll take a quick break right here as you guys begin to head back to back home, have a little chat. So as we get back in uh, unless you guys have any other things you want to do I'm going to say you guys make your way back to uh, your keep. It's a bit of a trek. 
it's cold uh, and it is starting to get to the time where you guys are pretty, pretty beat, pretty tired. Uh, but you feel with the, now that you're just walking, you're not fighting, you're not doing anything. You're not in the risk of running into exhaustion or anything. If you do want to have a, a chat before bed, <clears throat> otherwise you could sleep and do it in the morning. You guys want to chat now while it's fresh? You return to the keep. It's cold because no one left any fire going, but. Hana, you're supposed to keep the fire going. You guys chat. I'm just going to go to my room and go to bed, but you can fill me in about everything in the morning. We always do. Is that Uric in your arms there? Yeah, Uric and I are just going to go to bed. <laughs> okay, great. This one. Jesus. So, Hondo, you were kind of spacing off earlier. The pit fiend that erupted from Raymond's wife's body. Seems like he was trapped there by Raymond. Uh, He took that form just to kind of piss off Raymond. We had a tense moment where we didn't know if he hated Raymond or loved Raymond. Turns out he fucking hates Raymond. He's from the eighth layer of hell. His boss it's Mephistopheles. Association there is Carval made a deal with Mephistopheles for some more power. Carval would, and all his lands would be loyal to Cambia and all the souls, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, this dude named Malzakar said, hey, I, I got a interesting thing for you. I've heard of the wild cards. We've been keeping track of you. Why don't you come to Mephistopheles' lair? Guarantee you safe passage there. You meet at the iron spike spooky standing place on the eighth layer of hell and you can talk to this head boss head devil and we'll pitch you our deal and he made no promises that mephistopheles wouldn't murder us but he said he would with his life protect us there and back and he said it would be worth it because he hates raymond too and that they had something we might be interested in i mean he hates raymond but can we trust him that he doesn't want to one up us. See, I was so scared when you would start thinking about this that you would be all for this. We've made a deal with the devil. In fact, you made the deal with the devil and it went so, so poorly. <laughs> um, and I'm scared about doing it again. Mary, Brawley, what do you think? Brawley, you're just giggling, remembering. <laughs> yeah, uh, the weapons and things. Which weapon was that? Because I never see it, Hondo. I never see that <laughs> weapon that my soul was on the line for. It was uh, it was Whisper, right? Or was it? Yeah, it was the goddamn Gambler's Blade, Hondo. Oh, I, it's the Gambler's Blade. It. Uh, it does. It's good. It does keep me safe. I I don't need to. Oh, whatever. All I'm saying is, be prepared. I am ready to take this head devil down and take his spot. Okay, I think yeah. this is this is the exact Fear. thing that we're trying to avoid because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he very specifically said, "Yep, I can't. I can protect you in some situations, but I can't promise anything if you challenge or piss off the main devil. I if mean, you slight the main devil, he will murder you. Yeah, but all of us plus him—that's a pretty good fighting duo against one measly devil guy. Now, we have fought devils before. You're totally right." This is like a god devil, like the king of this lair. Okay, let's let's see what we can do. Let's maybe we'll use him until he kills his, kills Raymond, and then we'll kill him. <laughs> or we don't have. Here's the thing: we don't have to go. We don't have to talk to him. We have three days to decide. I should have added that. We have three days to decide well, if we go. Okay, what's the alternative if we don't go? 
Uh, we find out another way to kill Raymond. We get more relics. We do other stuff. We have a whole world to make decisions on. So basically, we have no other option. That doesn't sound very close. Hana, you, you were getting so excited about taking a ship out to go see the Kraken to get a new weapon. I, yeah, I know. But I mean, you know, are we going to be able to beat the Kraken? Is it another devil? Same situation. Are you more scared of a giant squid than you are this devil? I do have an anchoring for calamari, so <laughs> I am up for Kraken. It, actually, we mm. could go out the Kraken, okay. take that mysterious weapon, okay. and we're more prepared to take this devil guy. Sure. We would need to do that in three days. Oh, no problem. I was I'll, more interested... of wind, and it will push us even further on our ship. <laughs> I was more interested in that one that was in the Underdark. Um... Remember it was that woman you slept with, the gray lady's like former consort? It was like his sword? Yeah. We can take that. And she was like, you got a good blade, but you should get Dawnbreaker. We can do that. And now with this thing, take out the Wayfarer. Wayfarer? Wayfinder. Wayfinder, I already fucked it up. Wayfinder's uh, sphere. It'll help us find some of these things. Mary, you look tired. Why don't you take five? does well let's not make a decision before she does she does have three items that she sets before everybody and oh hey i found these i don't i don't know what to do with them so i can identify them again if i have 10 minutes each of them individually fuck (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to get too tired maybe we should just do this in the morning so one long rest it and uh you know if We'll decide tomorrow. Yeah, let's have a long sleep, and we can decide some things tomorrow. If no one has any crazy dreams, then we go for the devil. If anyone has a crazy dream, we go for the weapon. Did anyone have a crazy dream recently? Well, it's possible. We all seem to dream terrible things. Hondo did, like, (laughs) a night ago. Did he tell us that? Hondo, did you reveal you had a... You did, I think. Yeah. It's it's our boy Gordo didn't reveal he had a spooky dream in the last time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember if Lavender told everyone. Yeah, Lavender told everyone she had a crazy dream, too. Hey, you guys start. Didn't sleep? You just went for a glass of water? That's why you got up? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so nice having your own room. <gasps> Brawly, when we're done all of this stuff, do you think that we could go shopping for stuff for my room? Absolutely. What colors were you thinking? Lavender. Perfect. <laughs> All right, I'm going to bed. I'll identify this shit in the morning. <clears throat> All right. Oh, everybody. If, yeah. Everybody's going to, you missed the entire talk. Everybody's going to bed now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go meditate. Eric, I meant to miss the talk. Let's go back to our room. We can hear you talk to him. <laughs> Uh, everyone does indeed find their way to their rooms, to their beds, and a peaceful, dreamless sleep. Except Hondo, make a whiz save. Hondo does dream. <laughs> the brothel. <laughs> Hondo dreams vividly, but I will not discuss it. Either. <laughs> That's uh, some private fanfic that we'll get into later. Uh, but you all awake to a uh, sunny morning, a very sunny early morning, with 
some tasks you guys can complete and some conversations to still be had between yourselves. An 11 o'clock meet at the tower to get this sigil. And a new meet at the castle with the Council of Arendelle. Busy, busy, busy day. Busy day. <laughs> and your first of three days to respond to a devil. Uh, I'm going to keep track of this. About his deal. Day one. Also, also keeping track, it's three days till Deep Winter's Day. Oh my God. Ooh. I was going to ask about that. Till Deep Winter. It feels like it's been six weeks since it was three days. <laughs> <to Deep Winter. laughs> two, more, two more sleeps till Deep Winter. Oh yeah, we got to go pick up all our gifts. Uh-huh. Yeah, Brawly, your stuff, it will be ready today, if okay. I remember correctly. So you can go and pick your, you've already paid, so you can just pick your stuff up easily. Uh, probably leaving the council, because it'll take a while to go down to where you need to go. Okay. Uh, so afternoon. I don't remember if anyone else had anything on order. I, well, I actually, you guys all have a bunch of stuff with Rabbit and Jinx, mm-hmm. but I think you're still a, a little ways out from that. I'll have to double check. I think that was past Deep Winter. Yeah, I feel like that yeah. was like weeks. I like custom asked for some things for Deep Winter, but okay. The that tattoo stuff a, too is later. Yes, the tattoo stuff would be when you guys pick up your stuff from Rabbit and Jinx. Val, I think your stuff was going to be like the day before. So like tomorrow, all your custom, you wanted to get it just before, but it was on the cusp because you had a bunch of custom. Uh, I'll try and wake up maybe just the tiniest bit early, just to start identifying some of this stuff. Sure. Uh, with a half hour, it is not hard. <clears throat> the first is a leather handle of what yeah. looks like it should be a whip's handle or something to that effect. It's got a very thick knot at the end and some tasseling uh, bits of leather strap that kind of hang from it. But at the part where the whip end should be, there's this kind of metal ring that is kind of dark in the inside and kind of smells a little sulfurous. As you identify it, it is indeed a whip. It is a torchbearer's whip. It can be used uh, as a whip, has the light property, and deals fire damage instead of slashing. As when held, uh, a magical flame forms at the top of the whip's handle. It gives off a bright light uh, of 20 foot radius, dim a little further, and has a 10 foot long reach uh, and can be used uh, as a as a whip, but dealing fire damage. The fire does Don't. not hurt you nor light your stuff on fire. Um, but it can be ignited and snuffed with a bonus action. Sick. Is that attunement? No. Oh, great. Fun. Just a weapon. That What's is the, the range on a whip? Ten that might be good for. Okay, that might be good for all. Can I specifically request that if he uses it, it goes whoopa? <laughs> yes. We will discuss. <laughs> <laughs> we will discuss proper Foley sound effects for it. I will point out one last line that is uh, impactful to it. The whip's flame is intangible, therefore can't be used to bind a creature or retrieve objects, but it can be used to light things on fire. Cool. Okay. At a distance, so. Uh, that is the Torchbearer's Whip. It's in d Beyond, you can pull that up. The next is, uh, we'll do the spell book because I misclicked the other thing. The spell book. <clears throat> this spell book is a wizard spell book. It is a thick bound dar- uh, leather book, uh, cross crisscross of silver lines and intricate patterns of maps and chart like uh, iconography across its kind of dark blue, almost black cover. 
there are kind of brass gold bindings at the corners, and the pages are rather, uh, they're, they're vellum, they're, they're treated very well to be waterproof and presumably fireproof as well. It is called the Atlas of Endless Horizons. Uh, it is a spell book containing, um, it's specific to wizards, so it requires attunement by a wizard. So unfortunately, no use to your group currently. Um, but it does have several uh, spells in it utilized for the purposes of conjuration, teleporting around, and it has some other cool abilities uh, to it, but unfortunately specific to wizards. So even if there was a ritual spell, I couldn't copy it in there? Uh, I'm not sure. If it's on your spell list, you could, but the spells are okay. Arc- Arcane Gate, Dimension Door, Gate, Misty Step, Plane Shift, Teleportation Circle, Word of Recall. None of those are a ritual. Cool. Okay. So unfortunately, unfortunately, no you see you. What a powerful, you know, bargaining Pretty dope. for a gift. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Pretty dope. Uh, that was there. And the last item, with the first being the Wayfinder Sphere, the last item is a Luckstone. Uh, it appears, where is it? You see this kind of, um, it looks almost uh, like a, a carved cat's head, but the two ears seem to be chipped off and broken away. Uh, and one of the eyes is just like stone and polished, but the other is this brilliant emerald, um, or agate. I, don't know. I guess that's what it says, is agate. Uh, it's, it requires attunement, though while it is attuned and on your person, you gain a plus one bonus to ability checks and saving throws. Cool. It's called the Stone of Good Luck. That might be good for you. Because... A lot of us have stuff we're attuned to that we're pretty sold on. I feel like you have one slot maybe that might work for you. I wonder if you. I still have a slot though, because I am attuned to that necklace. Equipment. You got Cloak of Protection, Wand of the War Mage. That's pretty good. And Amulet of Health. Well, that's pretty trash, so. <laughs> that thing has sa- that <laughs> saved you dozens <laughs> of times now. <laughs> I guess I could because I just rotate through a couple. Um, I think most of us are pretty full, but I mean, that might be something that if we know there's going to be something coming up or we need someone to be able to. So if no one really wants it, we can just store it in the bag of holding for now. Probably what are your three attunements? Mine, um, I've got uh, the ring. The, um, uh, one of your weapons, the probably? boots, and, um, is it the horn? And I have the, oh, I have the gems. The gem. The yeah, she is spell a, gem. Is that a tune to you? I thought it was. Well, oh, because we have two. That's yeah. Right. And there was uh yeah, but mine's the... not attuned. You're no, it's a, it's only attuned if you need to cast into it. Once it's cast into oh, it, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you can just use it. I know all three of mine are full. Stormcrag yeah, taken is the other one. Yeah. Stormcrag is one. Stormcrag. 
uh, your champion's guild ring and your boots of striding and spring. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Quick question. Oh. Is a whip dex or strength, Kyle? Uh, it has the finesse property, so it could be either, but uh, dex, traditionally. I mean, admittedly, Elena, that one just might be useful for you. Um, it's not a huge extra reach, but you're a little on the short side. If something's flying, you might be able to handle it. It won't work for any of this hellish shit, but... I'm going to give you a 10-foot reach. It's a torch. Otherwise... Lav could use that, too. She's got dex plus four. No, that's true. Lavender, you don't really have a lot to attack with outside of your... It's your tap for spells, right? It's true. But also, watch when... And also... <laughs> yeah, also, also you, you're you blind a lot of the time, so that would let you see. Yeah, it's blind a, or in hiding? It, oh. It's a torch that's always on. <laughs> I mean, I no shade. Like Without these, I'd be blind too. Tap my goggles. Do you want to use it for a bit, Lav? And then if we need to give it to Brawly for some reach, we could do that? Yeah, Brawly and I will share it. <laughs> we have no problem sharing. <laughs> God, I like look ner <laughs> nervously between you two. <clears throat> Bradley, you said that in a couple of years I can borrow your hammer, right? Absolutely. If you can lift it and use it, <laughs> by all means, have fun. I'd love to see that. Just her dragging this hammer through the dirt. <laughs> you gotta so be what's the plan? What's the plan, gang? Okay, let's go to. Get some breakfast. Yeah, in the yeah, you guys still have plenty of time before you need to go anywhere. Like, we'll say it's like nine o'clock by the time everyone's up. You guys were up a little late, so nine o'clock is fair. Val, you've already done all the identifying. You're talking now at the breakfast table. What are you doing? You got two hours before you got to be at the at the tower. I mean, it takes like an hour and a half to get there. <laughs> it takes like an hour, but like you could also accomplish things on the way, and you have an hour before that. So. If you want to have any conversation, now's the time. Otherwise, we can just jump to the tower, get your sigil. Can I attune to... I need to start doing this shit more and making sure we have it. Can I attune to the fourth level spell gem and put a dimension door in it? Sure. Just do that this morning. It takes like an hour, right? It takes an hour. So you got up a little early to, come, uh, to do this half hour of, of uh, identifying and then half of that attunement process. Uh, and then the other half hour, as you guys are kind of getting ready, we'll say it's 9.30 now, mark off the spell slot. Yep. And it is imbued. And you are currently attuned to it. You can attune to something else with another hour, but now Later. you are. Yeah. Oh yeah, long rest. Let me- uh, Which, yeah. Which one sure, is that, Scott? Make sure everyone hits long rest. You can get all your stuff back and sleep and health and- What was that, uh, Mary Leah? Which spell gem was that? Allie's or mine? I don't remember. I think you have I, the fourth level one, so I was going to put a dimension door in that one. Gotcha. Allie currently still has a full second level cure wounds. I don't see it too, babe. I don't see it either. Anyone else seeing long? Oh, yeah. It should be in the top right. Top right by your health. I'm going to refresh. Um, are you on a tablet? Yeah, if you're on a tablet, it might be in the drop. Turn it horizontally. No, I'm also not seeing it. I'm on a laptop. Uh -oh. a I mean, I see it on... Is everyone on Chrome? I'm on yeah. Chrome. I'm on Mary's yeah. data feed. I see it. Oh, and you see it? Yeah. 
I can't even adjust my health. That's weird. Mine, I had to, on my tablet, I had to flip it horizontally to see it, but it was on the right side. I'm not signed in. That's oh, why. I just, yeah. I'm, I'm signed in. <laughs> Let me try again. I just sent it on there. Too. View. Oh, yeah. I, I'm signed in now and I can't see it. Interesting. Oh, I think mine works now. I had to go to character. Um, uh, where? Scroll to the very top. Go there and just go characters. Okay. Right to just work. Go back to view. Yeah. It, oh, it was okay. just some weird thing. Now it works. So yeah. Yeah, we're good now. Oh, sorry. Good. Cool. Cool. Uh, we'll tell Kevin to do it when he gets back from whatever. Kyle, time. can you do mine? I don't have a free hand. Sure. Thank you. Done. You could do it on the tablet, but it's way over there, and I can't reach it. I will. Uh, I'd really just give reset this, your health. I'll give the stone to uh, Mary, the dimension door to him. Sure. Uh, if there's nothing else, you guys can just do a quick jaunt up through this the upper Arendelle streets and head on to the tower. Not that it's we good. need to do this now, but let's just keep in mind we have that one scry a day option. We have lots of people we probably want to check in on now and then. We yes, don't have yep. to do this now, but at some point we should try to, over the next few days, make a list. You yeah. have scries, you have legend lore. You have all these Ooh, of uh, rituals that you could be popping if you want to do it. You did do all the identifying stuff. So keep those things in mind for this, not downtime, but this like time when you have free time. Uh, but any anything or are we good? Nope, that sounds good. Let's roll. Uh, as you guys take off, as I said earlier, it is bright and early, it is cool, but not as cold as yesterday. Uh, and you guys begin to make your way through the upper Arendelle streets, back through the uh, castle gates towards the College of Whitethorn, the tower of College of Whitethorn. Make your way across. And indeed now you see there is a door set within the front of the, the tower where there was just stone. Oh. That's much nicer than having to figure this out. Go up to it, give it a little rap. Much simpler. Uh, as you knock, you hear there's like this faint kind of chime. You can faintly hear through the stone and the uh, and the wood. And uh, a short minute or so passes before the door opens, and you see before you Arthur uh, in his full robes, the the white and kind of blue and gold robes uh, of the college the proper kind of attire that you saw him wear the evening of the uh, the dinner you guys had a couple nights back um looking much more prim and proper than last night's battle ready attire um he greets you warmly with a smile uh very prompt of you uh, you guys seem the the sort to be uh, uh late for lack of a better word uh but it's appreciated Come on in. We uh, always like to, what's the word? Under, sell, overperform. Hmm. We always like to be on time. Oh, no, that's not it. <laughs> you seemed uh, the fashionably late sort, is it? Where is, where is Hondo, by the way? Wasn't he with us this morning? I'm sure he'll be running along soon. Quietly tagging along behind. He got distracted by something shiny. I think he was shining his boots. <laughs> he just left uh, him. And then he probably saw himself in it, and then he's <laughs> such a narcissist. 
That's more my vein, but that's fine. Um, Arthur, while we're moving up to the tower, yes. I had a question about what you think might happen. If this is some sort of transmutation, um, charm, hex, whatever, if we manage to dispel it, are those people going to come back to life? What do you think? Well, we discussed, that is this, we discussed this briefly, the, the three of us here this morning. Uh, he says, as you guys are making your way up through the tower. And we believe that uh, is very likely a polymorph uh, of sorts, mm. a very powerful, a very powerful transmutative ability that gives the opportunity to turn people into objects. Um, it seems most most likely the case here. Uh, frighteningly, it is, uh, we believe, still in effect for those who would set foot on the teleportation circle. This is going to require a very powerful dispel. Um, but as you say, there is very good likelihood that whatever these creatures, whether they be people or monster, could very well be within these objects. Now, we believe one of them to be one of our students, but the other three, there's no way of knowing until we, we free them. Within our group, we had a quiet discussion of whether, whether we should do that just yet. Mm. Between um, Eli and myself, we believe that the creatures being held are being held in a sort of stasis. They're unaware of time passes. They're unaware of, um, mm -hmm. they have no, they don't age. They don't need to eat, drink, or sleep. They will have been standing one place and then not there. And then they'll awaken when we free them. So there is no sort of qualms in, are we torturing these people by leaving them in this, in this space? Aurora believes differently though. I believe it's just her compassion uh, shining through and not quite seeing the bigger picture. Um, in truth, our recommendation would be to leave them for the time and perhaps find a, a better place than the open or even in the tower, perhaps even in the um, in the dungeons before we dispel them. Kind of like the sound of that. I'd rather not do it all at the same time in one small room. In the worst case scenario, they are uh, figures of Raymond's current allies, mm -hmm. in which case we've caught ourselves some, uh, some captives. Mm -hmm. In the best case, they are innocent students who thought they knew better and we mm -hmm. let them go free with a stern warning. Finding the difference might be the real challenge here. Finding the difference might be the real challenge, but I believe it'll be easier in a contained environment. Totally. The only yeah. concern we do have is if one of those is not simply like you or I, if they are a beast, a monstrosity of some kind held along by someone else like us, that could spell disaster. So we must be cautious and wise about this uh, next step. Though I think the first step is holding off for the time. Yeah, that feels sound. I like the sound of that. Excellent. I thought you would be agreeable. We won't make any rash decisions or any decisions for that matter until after the council meeting today. But we um, 
happily. And as you guys have made your way up through the first couple of layers, you notice transitioning from the kind of foyer to the cafeteria and kind of lounge area to the study area. All that has been the same, but as you transition into the library and workshop, everything is back in its space. You notice the library is now several uh, tiers shorter than it once was and now wider in like in a more expanded like square. And the, the library has kind of reorganized itself, but there are kind of spiraling staircases that lead up to the second level rather than a dozen layers. Uh, needing to be traversed. Uh, and Arthur leads you up through a familiar door that once threw Hondo into the plane of fire. Jesus. Now into just a simple stairwell um, through the residences, through the residences and back into this teleportation wing slash headmaster's kind of foyer. Entirely bypassing that like open cavernous space, whatever that was. Do we keep going up, or he's just kind of giving us the tour right now? Uh, he's stopping here as the teleportation wing is on this floor. So, do you think we'd be able to get this teleportation circle up and running without dispelling those individuals? I believe we could um, remove the individuals. I don't believe it's localized and holding them while they're there. I believe they've been trapped now. I see. We can move them as, unfortunately, as objects. We'll do it with utmost care, but I believe the trap laid by our former master is in play, and that will have to be dispelled before your sigil could be scrapped. Okay. Yeah, let's do that then. Let's work our way in. Um, Eli and Aurora are elsewhere for the time. Um, I assume someone in your uh, party can aid me in uh, grabbing hold of these things from afar. Yep. Kind of begins to conjure up a mage hand. Yeah, I do the same. Short amount of time, you guys scoop and clear with no issues. These things just kind of slide off. Arthur kind of lays them out on the table in the kind of foyer area as objects. Nothing seems to change. He uh, looks to you and says, Can I, sorry, can I ask one question? Sure. Is it possible to use like perception or insight? It's just such like a long shot. If any dust has settled on one more than the other, like to see if one's been there longer than the others. Yeah, if you want to make an investigation check. <clears throat> no, it's a natural one. Yeah, that's not your forte. And uh, honestly, it's, it's very it's difficult shot. to tell because it doesn't feel like there's any dust on them at all. I think Auric would have messed it up too. Because she perched on the top of one. No, this is down below now. Uh, but I'll blame it on her wings. Like flapping near it. Arik, God. Uh. Yeah, unfortunately, there's no uh, no obvious signs to give you an idea of, like, time. Uh, but Arthur kind of looks to you and says, um, I don't know if any of you have the ability to take a crack at this. In truth, I would prefer if Eli was here for uh, for his expertise. I can call upon him if any of you don't have it readily prepared to dispel. To get rid of this? Yeah, I believe it will be a dispel magic spell. Uh, is Mary the only one who has that? I don't have it. Does Gordo? I don't know. Gord, do you have dispel magic? Uh, let me check. 
in your think, old spell uh, list. I think you used to have it as a druid, but no longer. I think I swapped it. Yeah, that's sorry. I can remember. Uh, is Mary, Mary I think here? Mary's on BB, but I think she would do it. Uh, yeah, she'll go in and give it a shot. Is this something I can inspire her for? Does that work with this sword? Okay, yeah. I'll inspire her. As far as I understand, it does. I didn't know if it was because it was through the item it was different, but... No, she basically just has to make an intelligence check. Uh, I don't know why I'm getting a dice out, like, right at the old table. Like, I was like, okay, here you go. Here you go. <laughs> uh, let me just double check. Where is Mary's? <clears throat> so, yeah, what's your inspiration? D10 now. D10, okay. Mary steps into the room with her kind of glittering black uh, star-like like uh, night sky like blade that is mage's bane and stepping forward to the to the circle she just kind of gently and very cautiously with like almost half her body like ready to run taps the blade and dispels with the blade cool ooh that's really good <laughs> add to it come on now plus yeah that's very good that is a 26. Ooh, that's good. 17 on the die. Mary's intelligence and your inspiration puts us well over the top. Sick. As Mary's sword touches, you can see from afar as you're kind of, kind of watching as, kind of like a semicircle around her about 10 feet back. You guys see where the sword taps uh, and the spell kind of shimmers down the blade and it just splinters out and what seems to be on the floor this shattered glass effect then just kind of erupts holds in the air as kind of still glass and and sand frozen in time before falling and dissipating away love great job mary God, that was great she just kind of quietly gives a little nod and but she's the sword back in and just says gestures to you to to the circle. Take out my book and take a tentative step forward. You touch the circle? Yeah, I'll do it. What happens? <laughs> oh my it's god. Like, we gotta find out. We gotta find out. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. With uh, Go ahead and give me... Hmm, let's do an yeah, arcana, a, arcana check for this. It's like, what would it be? Yeah, I was debating making it like a performance, like how well you could do the drawing, hmm. but it's more about how accurate you can be. So eight on the dice, but I add 12, so it's 20. Perfect. That is, uh, it, it's not necessarily difficult as you are trained in doing this, but there is a, a pretty high level to getting it very, very, the intricacies of it. And as you go around, you do find this is the most intricate uh, sigil you've collected mm -hmm. thus far, whether because uh, it was Raymond who crafted it and it's it, it's just incredibly particular to the way of his, his styling of magic or... You know, you know, there's no difference in power level, but maybe because this is more permanent in some or protected in some way, it's just a little bit more intricate. Um, but with your deft abilities, it takes maybe it takes about 45 minutes. It takes a good oh amount of time. God. Yeah, it's a long time. This is a big circle and it's very intricate and you're trying to get it as accurate as possible. So it takes about 45 minutes of you doing this um, before uh, before it's complete. Is there, well, there's nobody else here. It's just Lavender. What is Lavender up to? <laughs> Lavender, Lavender, what are you and Eric up Lavender to? Lavender and Gord, are you guys just hanging out? 
Yeah, there's no way I'm getting involved in this kind of stuff or touching a circle. So I'm just drawing in my book. That's handy. Have a backup. Yeah. I'm observing. <laughs> but we just... cannot even tell if you're observing because it's the helmet. I love how you're like, that's handy for a backup. I'm probably drawing Gord in my book. Like, what do you mean? Val thinks you are. You can't see Gord as Gord has stepped into the room and then mm. drifted into shadow and nothing. Predictable. Invisibly in the corner. I love it. Always creepy. But Gord, you do uh, you do get a keen eye watching over Valentine at work, and you watch over the rest of your party, your friends, just kind of doing doing their business, and you just feel this kind of like creeping sensation behind your right ear, just this little little tickle oh, within your helm. You're you know you've been accustomed to some horrible shit. This is not enough to get you to take the helmet off or or react in any way. But you can just feel something kind of moving in your helmet, working its way up around the top of your ear, just around the back, and just kind of inching slowly higher and higher. And it, it tickles in an odd sensation. And you're glad for the helm and for the invisibility that you find yourself in. As you feel this, just this worm work its way up and around your ear, then into the ear canal. And you just hear this tenebrious whispered before the sensation is kind of faded and gone. Sounds grim. Well, I think I got it. You guys have about 20 minutes or so before your meeting with the council. Yeah, let's go to the council. Okay. It takes a little bit of time to, to exit the tower. It's a, it's a it's a little bit of a, a little bit of walk back down. And obviously now Arthur is accompanying you as he is going to this council meeting uh, for a brief period, anyways. Um, as the other two wizards you find in the kind of workshop area uh, as they are kind of exiting down as well, you you catch up to them and uh, the party all collected the three wizards to be, the headmasters potentially to be, begin to make your way through the, uh, I guess the southern, no, the western passage of the uh, the Whitethorn Hall and into this like long hall of portraits and all the, the kind of history of uh, the Delarian crown. You get to see, you've seen these before, these kind of ages past of the heroes and the royal line and the royal family, all in these vast portraits in this white stone, beautiful uh, kind of marble, polished marble walkway before making your way into towards the throne room, though, you know, the council room, the council meeting, the greater council meeting, it's kind of in an off section, this large, long table uh, room with this heavy chandelier of candlelight. And as you enter, you do indeed see the council. Uh, you see Alexander sat uh, a couple seats shy of the head of the table as uh, King Malcolm Delarian is kind of standing overlooking. There's a, a large map of Vesaria kind of scrolled and spread out across the table as he's kind of stroking his beard, uh, overlooking the table at the far end of the room. See, he's wearing 
is very, very regal looking attire. There's this kind of half ornamental armor uh, alongside a heavy kind of wolf pelt and this long trailing kind of velvet uh, cape uh, atop. Very, very nice armor and, and clothing and his, uh, his golden crown as well. You see Colton and Galdrin uh, at his side. You see Lillian uh, to his right. Um, you see a few of the other members who you've not been properly introduced to, though seen at assorted kind of meetings and around in, in the area through the time of the, uh, the war, uh, the battle that you were a part of in the war for Arendelle. Um, mostly bureaucratic nobility, some uh, kind of just the rich and fancy uh, ritzy peoples of the upper Arendelle. You see the Grey Lady. Um, you have walked in with the three uh, wizards uh, to, to be the headmasters. And I believe that's everybody that is in here and everybody that you would see. Uh, as the, the majority of people are just kind of standing about having small conversations in these small circles. Um, you can see the table is laden with fruits and, uh, and coffees and like kind of early like brunch, like breakfast uh, foods and, and drink and people are kind of helping themselves to some, uh, there's also some wine uh, there's carafes of wine that are kind of scattered across the table you notice no one has touched those just yet, um, but that's not to stop any of you and uh, there's a, about a minute or two as you guys kind of enter uh, you catch a couple of eyes and a couple of, the grey lady gives Hondo a wink Alexander gives Mary a nod and everybody kind of find seats around the table wherever you wish to find a seat. Two or three minutes pass and Malcolm kind of, uh, there's a kind of wrap on the table, this heavy ring kind of wrapping on the the wood, this heavy wood of the table and the room falls silent. As Malcolm looks across and then kind of sternly and breaks into a warm smile. says, well, today is truly a great day in the city for all of you to be gathered here. Uh, I'm most grateful for all of you to be able to find within your busy schedules, uh, adventuring and otherwise, to find yourselves able to look forward to the future of our city, to look to what we aspire to and what we've always aspired to do and take action where it needs to be taken. Today we will discuss these things, we will discuss the future of our city, discuss the future actions that we wish to take, the undertakings which are already underway. But first and foremost, we should be most proud of what we've all accomplished in the face of adversity, war, pain, loss. We've come through on the other side, stronger, better, with a brighter future for the time. First and foremost, we have, um, we have several things to, uh, to discuss. There are many uh, proposals we are to hear and discuss as a group. We have much to discuss and as kind of gestures to the the wizards who are kind of all sat together near you guys. 
what to do with our illustrious college and the um, positions of arcane advisor and headmaster within the college. Thankfully, uh, as a side note, with a gracious aid of our lovely wild cards, uh, the college has been um, rectified, cleared of its former villainy. So thank you once again for what seems like the hundredth time to your group for your aid. And I'm sure there'll be more thanks to be given. But first and foremost are the reconciliation efforts that are currently in place and the plans and paths forward for reconciliation with the provinces of this great nation, this realm. In the south of the Vale, I've received missives of uh, great success in connection with the Sylvan Synod of the Vale and with the Lindaran Elves. And from the Sylvan Synod, we have reached, uh, have had word of connection to uh, two other tribes in the Vanyar and the Valar as well, seemingly taking heed of our word of need for reconciliation. And it is with uh, great thanks that we give to the Fleurwild family who have been a champion of connection and reconciliation to our long, not forgotten, but disparate elven brethren. Um, unfortunately, the province of Marrakesh has neglected to uh, accompany us in this effort. Uh, we are still attempting several different pathways of reconcile and in trying to uh, break through those walls but those boundaries are old and strong they now look too deeply inward and as we are guilty of in the past can no longer look past their own borders for the betterment of this realm uh, in better news however to our west province of Haverfeld has been very responsive and they were early responsive in our uh, initial reach out and uh, very recently their leadership intends to make a trip here the first of Hamatiel and uh, great strides they will be staying with us and we'll be discussing uh, creating a proper pathways trade routes uh, both merchant and otherwise between our two nations and potential for unifying a borderline between in both a military purpose um, but establishing a, an embassy in both sides uh, this has been uh, once again gesturing to the wild cards in great thanks to your deeds and connections so once again as i say thanks to you but these points, these deeds of reconciliation that come now at a time of great need, a time that I am unfit to properly explain and unfit to properly have said that I am on the forefront of, though I have been impacted myself by its evil. But if I could ask upon the wild cards, now's the time. The people here we have all the power we have in this province. 
they're willing, they're open. Tell them of the great evils that you have faced and how you think we should proceed. Well, thank you for that introduction. The forces of hell are trying to move against us all. Uh, and I think it's going to take all of us to defeat them. In Raymond's Tower, we were confronted, I don't know if the wizards told you, but of a devil from the eighth layer of hell. We're trying to fight the ninth here. That's who the vow is working for. But all manner of fiends are trying to make a play at the material plane. So reconciliation is great, but I think it would take all of us and I'd be willing to pitch, I don't know, I haven't even talked to the wild cards about this, but what if we go to Marrakesh? We have a connection there that we left in Verdancia, Damascus, who seemed to have pretty good status there. DM, where did he belong to? The he library. was a uh, basically like a dean of antiquity and history at the uh, Sapphire Palace. He used to work at the Sapphire Palace. Um, and hasn't been back since. We were hoping to meet up with him anyways, but I truly meant it when I said it's going to take all of us and to leave out one quarter of Vasaria could be our downfall. There is almost immediately from the mention of hell a murmur amongst the crowd. You can all hear dissidents in disbelief and mistrust and gasping of like both disbelief and fear um, but as you finish Raymond, uh, not Raymond um, uh, Malcolm taps the ring once more and immediately all the these voices cease and you can see there's a stern look in his eye he says I will hear no more word mistrust disbelief there are forces beyond our world and they are great and they are evil and they are coming our family has felt the sting of these villains as have our fellows here as have many of us some of you may not even realize the connections and the depth to which this reach but the battle to which our city sustained great peril, great damage. That was but a step in the plan here. These fellows are in the forefront of. I don't disagree that having the, the four provinces united seems to be of utmost importance. If you wish to make your venture there on our behalf, I give you full, uh, full credit and full, um, with my blessing, so it be. You can be a representative of this house and of our crown. If that's where, you're, that's where you believe the solution truly lies. I think it's worth a shot. I think we have to we have to see how many people we can unite together for this final fight, which is coming. The next full moon is where this will take place. That is 
one of the advantages we have, we know where their forces are going to, and they're going to Castirian. Colton kind of sits forward and looks to you and says, pardon Valentine, but I fought alongside you. I know how strong your group is. You aren't going to find a fight in Marrakesh. You're going to find political discourse. You're going to find talk. You're going to be trying to sway the opinions of stubborn individuals. You know that's not where your talents are needed. I would offer, and gesturing to the council, I go to Marrakesh. If anyone of this council has the right to be the the bearer of this missive, this message, it's one who's been bit by the vow, walked away, and is a true part of this family, true part of this city, and one who isn't on the forefront of this fight just yet. But I have a stake in it just as well. And I won't be going alone. He kind of taps Galdrin on the shoulder. And Galdrin just kind of doesn't do anything, but he just kind of nods slowly. He just looks to you and says, there have to be bigger things that you're needed for. This can be our part. If you could get, I appreciate that, that'd be great. If you could get a teleportation circle set up there, just so that we could quickly get there if we need to, to figure out more of this. That would be amazing. Even if they're not willing to listen to you about joining this fight, just to get that small line of movement open would be amazing. Alexander kind of sits forward and just says, Marrakesh are notoriously stingy with giving out their arcane applications. But I think we have some inns in the city that could uh, could prove useful. We could find uh, find a path. As it were. It's admittedly a long journey, but a nod to the group. We might be able to get you closer. At least help in some small way. We might have business that direction anyway. Hmm. Colton kind of sits forward too and a little little sheepishly says, I mean to not step over anything you have intended or planned, but I just know if you have business there, that's a that's a different story. You have business elsewhere. This is not a a, a place for the need of your ability. I'm not disagreeing. I think it's an excellent idea. I mean, of course it's gonna mean more coming from yourself as opposed to uh, got a bunch of assholes who are pretty you know look look a little intimidating with a bunch of scary swords and shit so uh, I'm just saying we might be able to save you a little bit of travel time we all know that we have a little time here but we don't have an exceptional amount of time I'm look to Valentine Valentine did mention that this is all going to happen in Kasterian but this is not the way this is working, that is not a one-time thing. That is something that we're going to have to continue to hold, a line we're going to have to continue to hold until we can't hold it anymore. 
I'm not confident that we can hold that line forever. There's going to be more coming after that, and that is going to be where everyone is absolutely going to be impacted. That's why I think we have to figure out how to stop, to break the wheel, to stop running it. We need to figure out how we can prevent this monthly fight from taking place. I which kind of sits forward with just a, a faint hand, no dis, disrespect, Valentine, but could you, um, could you explain what this is? Uh, we're at a little bit of a loss of disadvantage. You're, you've experienced it, but and I've heard bits and pieces as we all have bits and pieces, but the greater story, the greater purpose, how do we break a wheel if we don't know its purpose? Or the axle that it sits upon? There were four seals keeping hell from taking over the material plane, from keeping the ninth layer of hell and Asmodeus from making the material plane the 10th layer of hell. <clears throat> one by one, those seals have fallen and we've tried each time to prevent them. The third seal fell in Haverfeld. The red mains were tied directly to it through evil, dark magic going back to much of their lineage. So this fourth seal was the last stand. It was the last one to prevent hell from coming here. And the specifics are, it's about a keeper's scythe and a sacrifice to the Raven Queen to prevent this fourth seal from breaking. Uh, someone has to sacrifice their life willingly to prevent this scythe from entering our world being wielded and then shattering this seal and opening up the material plane to hell. Again, Cl there is like a immediate kind of dissonance of like now a lot louder and, and more aggressive at the thought of life sacrifice and just throwing away uh, anybody's life for, for this purpose. But again, uh, Malcolm taps the table, kind of gestures for you to continue as everyone silent. Valentine was like, now you won't do anything crazy. Um, <clears throat> that's it, though. Our, our final fight, Raymond. Uh, who's that asshole who we've... Egoth. Egoth, thank you, man. Egoth, Throatier, a tiefling who we've fought in the past, all showed up, brought the armies of hell with them, and we were able to fight them back with the Valar Elves, mind you, the Valar Monks. But there was, what, a dozen of us against a tide of evil? The Eldrazi, devils, the Revenant Vow themselves. So we need help, whether that is doing something at that ritual to stop it from taking place ever again, whatever it is, we'll definitely need backup at this next full moon. Malcolm kind of stands a bit and says we have forces we can provide our, our uh, reconstruction efforts here and the relocation of those from Rope Point is more or less at, a, at an end for their involvement we obviously still need to keep a, a core close we never know when another may take advantage we need to be protected and keep our citizens safe but this is doing the same. Our main issue, truthfully, 
our next full moon. I don't know that we could make it there in time with a large enough force to provide. In truth, I don't know how soon we have. It's just kind of a quick look around of the table as people are talking about like 30 days, 36 days, something in like the range of several weeks. And I say, he says, Nonetheless, I will dispatch several squadrons of our white guard, whether to aid or to stand vigil. They will go. We have magic, though it might not be all powerful to move a full army. We can move people close through teleportation circles, through other means to try and get them as close as we could. I think our main thing is we need to get stronger ourselves. There are a couple of mm, leads we need to chase down. And as well, we just need more knowledge. We need to know more. We need to know how we can stop this from happening once more. Just a kind of a long pause, quiet. before Arthur speaks up and says, I don't know divinity very well. I'm not a man of religion. I'm a man of science and arcana. Is it, perhaps this is foolish. Is it possible to beseech the Raven Queen herself her, my understanding is her domain is of the Shadowfell. It is not bound beyond the plain, in the, in the upper plains or the lower. The Shadowfell and the Fae are one and the same as our plane. In theory, we could walk through, find wherever it is she calls home. If ever there was a time and a place for couple of assholes to make a good speech. It seems like the place. We've been to the Shadowfell before. We've actually been to a Temple of the Raven Queen. Lav, you weren't there. You would have loved it. Um, I love the Raven Queen. We have a really good rapport. I'll yeah. tell you about it later, Alexander. You've, you've seen her a couple times. Um, a little like, little like all right. <laughs> that's something we definitely could do. In yeah. truth, in terms of breaking this cycle, by the sounds of it, it's an ancient cycle, a ritual of time. Such things I mean there's two paths this may take. This is still Arthur, by the way. A ritual this old is either ingrained so deeply it cannot be broken. Or, as wheels do after such time, they rust. The same process, time and time again, whittle it down to the point of breaking. I don't say to continue doing it, but what's to stop it from breaking should the cycle stop? 
I'm not sure. I wonder if down that line of thinking, we figure out how we could repair other seals, make new seals, and that might take more uh, divinity-esque conversations. Uh, Eli actually kind of sits forward to that with like his hands on the table, uh, also still hovering, but hands on the table leaning forward. He says, that's an interesting posit. Perhaps rather than break, we reshape this current seal. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps it would take much research and time. I don't have any particular avenues to travel, but it is an interesting hypothesis. Could could we alter the rules? Could we alter the the state in which this ritual is bound? Blood rituals such as you speak, they're connected to other abjuration. They bind things to protect something else. They hold something shut so something cannot escape or something cannot enter. To my colleague's point, breaking this ritual, it's a high risk, high reward move. You let whatever it is break free, but that means you must put it down some other way. Now I've seen you in action and it's possible you could find a way to do such a thing. You are powerful, I admit, and with some assistance on our end, you may be able to allow this ritual to end and stop whatever it is being bound there is a high risk of loss. Altering an ancient process such as this similarly has high risk, high reward. One stray moment in the alteration process and the whole thing erupts. Possibly worse than allowing it to break in the first place. You cause it to erupt and there's a causation and an eruption that harms the those of us who are attempting to alter it as well as freeing whatever it is bound possibly granting it more strength there are so many possibilities in a thousand different ways no matter the decision made here no matter the path we take It's both slim, but necessary. I would love to alter this, make it easier for us. I don't say to make it easier. I say to end. I don't think sure. Arthur kind of taps him on the shoulder. I know you have some business to attend to before your Moonlight to dance again in Castyrian. But in the time between, we will devote our time, our efforts, our arcane practice, every moment we have to finding some solution, whether it be altering or a solution should it break. Perhaps we can, perhaps we can stop this. But I have one 
alternative thought. Please. My understanding is a little foggy of when the fourth seal should the should the enemy win the fourth seal breaks by what capacity does hell take over by what road does the devil walk these are things we don't know because we really just didn't want to find out um raymond talks a lot about finally bringing order and ending the chaos to the material plane in my imagination it involved a lot of fire and brimstone just like wiping off the material plane and then us all just being slaves to the king of the nine well, that is a grim future perhaps that is a another avenue for us to investigate yeah if there's some sort of place they have to come out from if this fourth seal fails and then we have to make some sort of other stand there or try and shut that down it's worth figuring out yeah this is my this is my idea this is my my other path of thought we need to have contingencies no matter what plan we take there's a chance of failure there's a chance of death there's a chance they succeed there's a chance Hell has to come from somewhere. It won't just appear and obliterate. It will pour through like that much lava. Finding the hole and perhaps plugging it. Perhaps uh, another path we may take. Hondo's good at plugging holes. Mm. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, God. Um. How long from now is that day they just said for um, the Red Mains to show up? For the Red Mains? Uh, yeah. It is the 25th of Morden. They're coming on the 1st of Hamateel. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 14 days, two weeks. And three weeks is when we think the next full moon is? Nope. Uh, two, three, four, four and a half. Hmm, great. Well, we have some stuff to try and figure out us, the wild cards, but we'll come back here definitely for when the red mains come and make their summit here. But we might have to go out, whether it's to the Shadowfell, whether it's to other planes, other places. We can be in constant contact. All right, Malcolm stands once more and says, yeah, we can... We do not ask you to remain within the city. We know your time is precious and your deeds go beyond that of a single city. And your time is, is appreciated here and your efforts are equally so. So whatever contact we can provide, whatever aid, it is yours. Just say the word. We appreciate that. If any if you wildcards have any other business to attend before we continue, Speak now. Nervous glance at Hondo. Do we get an army? You want an army again, don't you? You want the pigmen. We need them. If you wish for uh, several 
uh, of our squadrons to be sent south to this Castirian, they will be sent. Uh, my concern only being in the time frame it takes them to get there. But if we were to marshal them shortly and uh, have them met by um, by the, the Sylvan uh, at the outside of outside of the Vale, perhaps they could provide them expedited passage through the Vale and reach it uh, well before this full moon. Um, this is good. This is good. A good update. Uh, we we may need to attack fast and in numbers. Well then, then it is done. I I will issue the orders uh, directly. And just just for specificity, <laughs> I'm looking for the pigmen. If you will launch a the specific vet, the veteran army of Honda the Blue. You hear you hear like a smack of metal on the table. A heavy heavy fist thud as the half-orc Galdrin leans forward on the table and looks slowly in your direction and says, was that fucking you? Did you <laughs> fucking stop that? I'll come over there, Hondo. He like gets up, Colton like grabs his breastplate and holds him down. He's like, those fucking assholes have not shut up. <laughs> I look at him and I just go, oink. God. I'll kill you slowly. <laughs> Get in line. Get in line. Colton laughs and kind of claps him on the shoulder. The king kind of looks at him with a very, very faint half smirk before wrapping his, his ring on the table once more. Uh, there are a few business, uh, pieces of business that are attended to by uh, members of the council. Uh, bits about the reconstruction of the city, uh, moving uh, people from Rogue Point into certain areas of the city, some like general business and, and trade proposals and stuff like that, uh, before they reach the point of discussion of the arcane advisor position and the headmaster position, at which point Malcolm uh, stops the conversation and asks, uh, at this point, I would ask Arthur. Aurora and Eli to uh, please wait outside while we discuss this next point of order. You'll be given a chance to speak for yourselves when you return if you so wish, but um, I believe this is a discussion to be made and delivered afterwards. Uh, graciously, they all get up and leave, the door shuts, and discussion returns to the table as Malcolm puts forth who to promote to the two positions within the inner council. This would be the small council. This, this bigger group that you're within now is kind of the large council of all members, uh, nobility. Like there's like 20, 30 some odd people of like extra people around the city who have high ranking noble positions, dukes and such, and high ranking trade routes, stuff like that, business type things. The inner small council is a small group of seven or eight individuals who discuss the greater impacts of decisions in the city. Um, the Arcane Advisor being the position once formally held by Raymond and the Headmaster also formerly held by Raymond are being posited as two separate positions now to be fulfilled by two of the three wizards that you guys have been adventuring with the last day or two. Um, Arcane Advisor being obviously second to the crown Headmaster being uh, like tertiary to advising council and focused more on school and its and the training of the uh, the students there and of the um, 
kind of keeper of lore and arcana within Arendelle, while the arcane advisor focuses on the kind of bigger picture. Uh, please make your uh, make your calls. Who do you think? What's going on? What do you guys think? I kind of think we really liked Arthur. We gave him the ring. I'll, I'll say this more professionally. When we were in the tower, Arthur seemed to show the most valor, the most frankly, disgust for anything nefarious Raymond was doing. Uh, so knowledgeable. I would personally just as Val, not as a group recommendation, but I would put him forward as Arcane Advisor. And then I think I would say Eli for Headmaster. He's just so brilliant. Um, no shots to Aurora, but the further we got into the tower, the further down the rabbit hole she realized this Raymond stuff was going. She kind of wilted a bit. Seemed like her heart was kind of sucked out of it. Other wild cards, what did you think? Yeah, I agree with you. Honda, you gave Arthur the ring very flamboyantly. Perhaps you were out of it because it happened when you weren't here, but you were very adamant about liking Arthur. You still stand by that? I gave him the ring, so I have to stand by it now. <laughs> I like that commitment. Um, and I mean, she, I kind of overheard Aurora talking to Mary and she even said something like, my heart's not really in this anymore. So I feel like she'd still valued member of the school, but perhaps not promoted to one of these titles. Alexander kind of sits forward <clears throat> and says, I concur with the idea of putting Arthur in place as an um, advisor. I believe Arthur is a, a wise mind, a tactical mind, and one that I would be happy having in a fight beside me. And that is the kind of position I want an arcane advisor in should things go sour in the dead of night. As for the headmaster, I actually disagree. I think Eli has proven to edge towards the same path that we've seen fail before. Eli holds too much of a chip on his shoulder, too much of a desire to prove himself and to get power as a result. We've seen how that's played out. I think Aurora has a truer heart, maybe a kindred spirit to some of our students who hope to seek a brighter future. That's my vote. I mean, you're right. I think part of that is true, but I just wonder, is this the teacher we need now? This isn't a brighter future kind of moment. We need help. We need people who face the cold realities of what actually is happening. No offense to Aurora, but it got pretty spooky at the very, very top of this tower. And you can hear her whimpering outside in the hall. It's very similar to how she was up there. She... It's disturbing. It sounds like she acted like a total baby. Like a small baby child. 
He's eating and he's being very noisy. Maybe a month old. <laughs> Mary, what do you think? It, admittedly, I, I mean no disrespect to the king. I have a hard time with the notion that any one person, just considering what we've seen so far, that we were, you know, lack of a better term, put all our eggs in one basket, put all our trust in one person. I understand this is putting two people forward, but I personally don't believe that. I understand there's a ring involved, you know, literally controlling the tower. That's that's a, could be a potentially a completely different question. I don't know that either of these need to be a single person role. I mean, are we limited to what? The number of chairs at the table? It's it's nothing, maybe there is some terms of a head, but I, I'd rather have, I'd rather have a couple heads in the game in terms of making decisions and a couple, they each have their own specialties. They each have, they each bring different things. Keep each other in check and balance. They seem to be doing that well so far. King nods and and seems rather responsive and bright to the idea. Well, in truth, the the idea more based in tradition. My initial change from a single position from headmaster and arcane advisor to split the role. Perhaps that doesn't go far enough. Perhaps Mary is correct. This is a committee, not a single voice to be heard i like the council idea mainly because it's easier to weed out the thorns and the weeds literally in the group no that is a fair point it it doesn't leave us hanging in the lurch should someone prove untrustworthy and in need of uh routing A a council would have spotted raymond like that well put a wise a wise point if you still want a titles you could do arcane advisor headmaster headmistress either that or it's like a rotating situation i mean admittedly having all three of them at the table and in potential meetings could have its own merits or a rotating group i don't know that's the, the the specifics are for people, you know, greater minds than mine to decide. I'd just right. rather, I'd rather, I'd rather not one person hold all the power in either of the situations, to be quite honest. I concur. Then I believe uh, this is our vote. Rather than who goes where, do we attempt to try and keep a one or two individual head, or do we make this a decision by council? If you wish to vote for council, say aye. Aye. Honda, say aye. That's what you want to. Aye. There is a uh, a pretty resounding aye from much of the greater room, um, in as well as uh, the king, um, uh, Alexander, Colton. Um, notably, Galdrin doesn't, but no difference. Uh, Lillian and um, you know Ophelia doesn't as well which is not particularly of interest but maybe someone finds it interesting Uh, and then the vote for the other side goes notably quieter to which the king Malcolm says then it is agreed 
the position of arcane advisor, headmaster, and headmistress are more or less absolved. And we return to a three-party system in which each have equal say and equal stake in advising the crown as well as tutelage of our bright future. A triumvirate, if you will. Interesting name. <laughs> it's worked in the past. The robes are the robes of the triumvirate. Oh, sick. I already Dope. did it. I already did it. So long. <laughs> I knew you guys were going to do this. <laughs> oh, that's great. Dope. <clears throat> uh, they're brought back in. And you can see as the decision is passed forth by Malcolm and explained to them, they're all quite pleased and proud. Um, if somewhat a little surprised, but happy. They all win. Congratulations. Um, Arthur does put forth the ring on the table um, and say, it was granted to me for the purposes of clearing Raymond's misdeeds. It could be a rotation between the three of us. It could be designated to someone not within the tower. If there's someone who should be a third party from us entirely. But I leave it to the king. To which Malcolm looks and says, for the time, a rotation. But in time, we'll have individuals one made for each of you. Oh. In kind. So nice. Yep. Arthur takes it back for the time. Can I get one of those rings made? Just no. like, uh, okay. No, he doesn't even look at you. <laughs> Um, it's been about an hour, hour and a half at the time that you guys finished this part of the discussion. Uh, and to which the king says, I believe we have talked to death all that we can today. We still have much to accomplish. There are many deeds to be done in the city, greater deeds to be done beyond. As I said at the beginning, we have a bright future ahead of us. We must not fear those who wish to bring us down. Only stand behind those who wish to fight for us and for that bright future. I bid you all a good day. Good day. As you guys all begin to filter out and leave the castle, or at least leave this room, that's where we're going to end tonight. Oof, that was good. Six That's weeks. awesome. Six weeks. There we go. Thanks for tuning in. Join us next time as the Wildcards debate making a deal with the devil or finding their own path forward. There'll be a new episode up every Tuesday, so stay tuned. But until then, keep exploring.